Welcome, dirty peasants, to episode 80 of Wartwood Gazette, the Amphibia podcast. This week we'll be covering our season 2B retrospective of Amphibia. I'm your host, Thembaticon, and joining me today we have Impact. Yo, what's good, everybody? And Nick. What's up, y'all? All right, thanks, guys, for coming on. Uh, no official news this week, so we'll just go right into the topic of today. The second half of Season 2. Now, I'm trying to... So before we start the recording, we decided we were going to break down these episodes by starting with the shut-in and Night Driver's Return to Wartwood, and we would kind of work our way through Ivy on the Run after the rain, the shut-in, transition into the First Temple, then follow that by New Wartwood, Friend of Frobo, Total Redemption, Maddie and Marcy as like another pair of episodes to talk about, then the Second Temple, Barrel's Warhammer, Bessie Michelangelo, Third Temple is another kind of topic, and then the dinner, battle the bands, and true colors are kind of going to be like the last topic. I know true colors will will kind of be its own little thing. That's fine. Yeah. I guess general thoughts on to be without saying too much. Um. I guess I'll start. Do I think? If you argued that this batch of the series was the peak or the best of Amphibia, I wouldn't, like, you could make a, you could make a fair, po- you could make a couple of fair points about why you believe that is the case. Do I think it's disproportionately better than the rest of the show? Uh, I wouldn't go that hmm. far. I might. <laughs> do I still do I still think it's do I still think it's solid? Yes, absolutely. I still think it's amazing. But you know, uh, I feel like after tonight <laughs> or after this recording, people are gonna kind of like <laughs> question me a bit. But that's fine. <laughs> 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 I guess, Nick, what are your just general thoughts on 2B? I'm saving Impact for last because I I know he'll end it on a positive note. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, um, I'm just giving a general summary. I feel like I do need to cover two things. I'll admit, I think when this is, I think I've touched around, touched on this year on the podcast yeah just historically um this is that this is pretty much what got me to actually you know come into the fandom and start talking about the show and getting really excited for the show and new episodes and it certainly lived up to the hype that i you know that I just that i really fell off of the trailer for this and damn see so I, I, i'm not okay i guess i will start this off negative um yeah, so I still really like I still really enjoy 2B, but I think something I have to, I do have to admit 
is that it does feel weaker than I remember. Like, it's, like, I blame, just like them, I blame no one for saying that this is just their favorite section of the video. It certainly is just, yeah, like an all-star section. Like, it's great, but I feel like when you take off the rose-tinted glasses, when you step back and you judge the series with no biases, you, you, you use the same measurements of value that everyone else does for the rest of the show. You, I don't know, you start to notice some things, but I'm not going to go, I mean, that's going to be covered in detail later, but I'm going to say right now, no, 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 it's still bangers. It's still, still bangers, still bangers here, still bangers here, still bangers here. I'm not going to deny that, but, you know, it's time for some justice. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm going to be <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Uh, Impact, what are your, what are your thoughts on 2B? <laughs> Um, so I like 2B a lot. I feel like, I don't know. I never really had, like, I would say 2B is my favorite part of the show in isolation. When I think about them in, like, when I think about 2B as its own thing undefined by the rest of the series, yes, it's my favorite. But when I think about it from like a larger scale, I I have a hard time with it. Um, I think like I think the second half of two B is like so good that like the first half is like not bad because you have like you have Return to Warlord, you've got After the Rain, um, but. And I don't know, y'all are making me have to think a little bit <laughs> about about 2B. Because I remember when I first watched it, 2B was my favorite part of the show. I loved it. It was great. Like, it was the characters going on a fun, like, almost video gamey type of quest with the temples and stuff. It was kind of a great way from Marcy's viewpoint of Amphibia to be, like, essential to the piece of the narrative. You know what I mean? Because how she views Amphibia is like a big game, right? So, like, the story is kind of warping into Marcy's viewpoint of it, right? Even, like, Anne and Sasha are changing the fit in how Marcy views the the world as a whole, as a whole, as a fantasy world. And that's important because this is Marcy's season, right? So, like, the story is written around her, I would argue. And that's that kind of creates a fun dynamic with, like, Sasha and Anne and stuff and sort of the whole show. So I think it does a great job with that. I think Marcy's character has done well. I think, even though I do wish she was in Wartwood longer, um, and not to get into other specifics there, but I think Marcy's important. Marcy's the key. You gotta get her character if you're gonna get 2B. So I like I like 2B. I have some like underrated episodes there too that I'll talk about um, when we get to them. Um, and yeah, like, and the second half of 2B, like, that is that is great. Like, once we get to Second Temple and, like, keep going, it's like, goddamn. Like, <laughs> it's just, like, there isn't a bad episode after that point. Like, so, yeah, 2B is great. All right, thank you, Impact. So, I guess for a little bit of context, um, before the rest of 2B came out when it was airing at the time, 
the shut-in the how the shut-in episode 11 uh sorry episode the shut-in was the first episode of season 2b to air however this is the second episode this is episode 12 in production so basically the official order is night drivers return to warwood then the shut-in but the shut-in aired first since it was like a halloween special and there's like kind of like a lot of confusion at the time of like whether or not the shut-in was canon or not and matt was kind of like oh if you want you can consider it canon it was meant to be an evergreen episode, so it could be aired like any time, so get like understand what's going on. But technically, it's Night Drivers Return to Warwood, then the shut in. Yeah. Oh, are we? Can we kind of brag for a little bit? Didn't we? Yeah, didn't. Um, I think. It's, I mean, don't forget, but that Matt he did confirm the shut-in as canon during an interview. I'm gonna, oh, I, didn't, yes. no, I just want to drop that. I want to shout out. Yeah, people. during our interview, <laughs> Matt that. confirmed that the shut-in was canon, which is which is nice. <laughs> it was really, it was a rad moment. But, uh... That's funny, because, like, I feel like most of the... I don't know, I feel like in the fandom, it's still considered non-canon. Like, if you ask someone about it, someone will still... Like, not to devalue it, I'm just saying, like, it's like... I feel like because the shut-in was always talked about as non-canon, which, by the way, I had no clue when I was watching that episode that it was non-canon. <laughs> like, I didn't I didn't know until I joined the fandom. It was like, well, now it is. Now it is canon. But, like, there, when, before I joined it, I, I just assumed it was like, oh, it's like a Halloween thing. That was cool. Anyways... Like I, I didn't I didn't think it was like an evergreen thing or whatever because it didn't contradict anything, right? Like, nope, it didn't. It didn't feel like it did. Yeah, like I guess the moon thing. What like now we know this core experiment. So it's like I don't know why the core made a, a, a like a were frog experiment thing. I guess for shits and giggles, but like and why it turned it on on that specific day. But the, whatever. Anyways, like, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't contradict anything. But also at the time, um, Night Drivers did air, like, before, way before, like, 2B in, I think, South Africa. It was either Greece or Turkey. And one more place, I think. I think it was Dubai or India. But I think so. I, I, I feel like I, I remember. Was it also on Disney Africa? I, I yeah, it was, it was on Disney Africa. I know Night, Night Drivers definitely aired, but we never got anything from Return to Warwood. War, Return to Warwood, or did we get it? Did they both air together? Anyways, Night, like... So like a couple of people saw it, a couple couple of people didn't. It was kind of weird, but there wasn't too much chatter at the time, so it was fine, I guess. But then we got the two B trailer, 
and then like two weeks later, Amphibia Two B like aired again, and like I don't want to talk too much about the trailer, but like the Two B trailer was like really good. It got everyone really excited, but like it kind of like revealed a lot, with the exception of True Colors. <laughs> Like, it showed us, like, all, like, the temple stuff. Not all of it, but you kind of could get, like, a good idea of, like, what each episode was about. Thankfully, like, they, I, I feel like they learned, not learned, their mistake. I wouldn't call it a mistake, but it's, like, 3B was a lot more, like, closed curtain than 2B was in terms of yeah. the promo. But they, they, still messed, they, they still messed up with 3A. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah, Darcy, yeah. like, if, yeah, yeah, like... But at least with 2B... Yeah, like, with, with 2B, they kind of... It was still hype, though. It was still hype. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no... Tribute was, yeah, yeah. was real nice. Oh, actually, no, I'm not taking us off track. I'm taking us off track. You going, Tom? No, no, that's all right. Like, um, I, I know the shut-in, like, is there a lot to talk about in retrospect? It was just solid. We kind of yeah, talked no, about no, it already. Just, yeah, no. So I, I think yeah, we, can, yeah, I mean, I, we can move on from that. Yeah. But, okay. like, Night Drivers, Return to Wartwood, Ivy on the Run, After the Rain. It's like, Night Drivers was like, the Journey Home, Return to Wartwood, The Big Return, Ivy on the Run. It was kind of like a little towny episode, and After the Rain kind of like threw in some drama before the Temple Quest. Yeah. Um. I... What about you guys? Oh, I was just going to say, Night Drivers, I think... Like, I enjoyed it a lot. Like, I, I really loved this as like a mid-season like, premiere. And then Return to War, where it was kind of was just like a S tier episode. Yeah, like and Return to Warwood is like I I just I think of like the Return to the Return of the King, Lord of the Rings, like <laughs> fall title card, uh-huh. like fade in. <laughs> That's how like grand it feels, at least for me. But oh, okay, because like at least for me, like I don't know, Night Drivers is like kind of mid to be honest and then return to war with like <laughs> it, it was it was like you got a track uh, record you got a poly i'm just <laughs> i mean like uh, it's like poorly like... it's like poorly <laughs> yeah like i you know i'm not the, the like the biggest fan of the sprig polydynamic <laughs> it's not gonna lie like, my driver I mean, was kind of I... mid and then like, like you go, you go. <laughs> no, I, I, okay. I, I just want to say first of all, I love how quiet Tom is. But yeah, second, second. second <laughs> um, I was gonna say second. I mean, I think I'll, I think I'll admit something. I did notice. I feel like this definitely does feel like an episode where they're like, okay, um, we want an episode of them getting back because we, we we don't want this speed running feeling right, but. I feel like they didn't really know what story to tell at that point. So it does kind of feel like, okay, you know what I mean? Pauline's freak episode, God, and the the wall. But hey, I mean, I, I still enjoy it. So there's still lots of funny moments, still um, 
Yeah, well, I, I do. Honestly, I think I think I have to agree with you there. I do mainly enjoy this episode for its comedy. I think um, it, it is, but it also is nice that we do have like a rare Polly and Sprig episode. I I don't remember if they. I mean, this might have been the final one of the series. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. know. If they got another yeah, one. Yeah, it is. Three years. The last one. Yeah. No, we didn't. The last it was one. weird because yeah. So like this, this one's a weird one. I mean, I I like uh, Zachariah. That was cool. Zachariah Nettles. That was cool. Oh yeah, that was like, like I like the ghost stuff with him. That was neat. Like, did we did we have ghosts before in Amphibia? I don't remember. Like, if we had specifically that, but like that was cool. But like, I don't know. Like, Night Driver is kind of okay. Return to Wartwood is great though. When I had when I first like was watching the series, it took me some time to like really really like it. Um, but I, I like it a lot. It's very fun. It's a great, like, nice comeback of kind of all the Wartwood characters. And, like, the comedy in that episode is fucking great. <laughs> like, even, like, the simple scene of, like, in the planters and the wagon, like, arguing about they didn't get everything. There's, like, such good chemistry between them. Like, you wouldn't even know, like, none of the voice actors are recording with each other. Like, it's so good. So, yeah. And then, like, and then Ivy on the Run is like also kind of mid, to be honest. Sorry, guys, but I gotta say it. <laughs> like, it, it, oh, <laughs> I just I have uh, to say it. Okay, I won't. I won't. I won't. Thumbs go, thumbs on the band. Like his fingers covering over the band. But I, 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 okay, okay, I'm on the chopping block too. But like, hold on, I'm, hold on. I'm not a total hater. I'm not a totally hater. I'm not a totally hater. I mean, well, I'm not. I'm not a lover. I'm not a hater in that episode either. I mean, I, I still like it, but I, I mean, I'll admit, I'll admit, I'll admit. Like, Return of War would definitely, you know, it it it, it, it maintains that warm feeling I have for initial Return of War would so like. I mean, that's why I don't normally have a lot of negativity for all these episodes, but I mean, I'll admit to you, they aren't they aren't I the mean, strongest openers. Oh, oh yeah, I was gonna say like, well, I mean, when I say an episode's mid in Amphibia, like, there is an episode of Amphibia I straight I like strongly dislike. Like, I can't I can't think of one. I'm like, oh my god, this episode's awful. Here's why. Like, no, not not really. Amphibia doesn't really have that episode to me. Like, it's it. When I say an episode's mid, it's like. Uh, like I'll watch. It has like a few good jokes, but like I'm not gonna be like writing a whole thing about it. You know what I mean? Like that's that's yeah. what I mean. Like so, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah that's it. Yeah, I mean that, that's just how it is. Sometimes, you know, I mean, like, I think you know it does always. I mean, there are episodes you know they they maintain the introduced spirit. And I, okay, see, this is what's good about the the record season because I can rip off the band-aid a little bit, but like, yeah, no, I mean, I, I thoroughly love Amphibia, but I do think like, yeah, there definitely are those, I was going to say, I think, I think like, not all, episodes, not all episodes can be bangers. If you try to make that happen, you're going to be killing their crew. And I think like, thankfully, you know, I, I, there, there are a handful of episodes here, you know, where you can tell, you know, Matt recognized that, right? Like he'll, because at the end of the day, I mean, I'm just going to say, you're just making a fucking story, right? You're just making a story. Like no one needs to be assassinated for a show to be good, like, 
Like let like oh. let there be some stinkers. Like I mean, there are stinkers in Amphibia, but like it's okay. It, like it's okay. Like sometimes you just have to take that fall sort of. There's always like a lot going on in production. Like I feel like a lot of oh, thumb you go. No, no, I was just gonna like just talk about the the these first few episodes in general, like. <laughs> like 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 no, night... God, God. No, no, no 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 i'm saying like night drivers because we spent like a couple of episodes like getting from wartwood to newtopia night drivers kinds of set kind of sets up the idea that like everything's gonna be a lot faster in terms of travel like yeah that's true like night six episodes to get to newtopia one episode to get back to wartwood and you know, at least they kind of they kind of like get away with the quick pace with kind of like talking about how Anne and Hop Hop are kind of like pulling all nighters to get back. Yeah, that kind of like helps the pace. Um, yeah, we're, we're, I think like I have a. I, oh, sorry. Um, no, no, it's I okay. I'm just gonna say like Return of Warwood like. I think because we spent so much time in in season one in Wartwood, like Return to Wartwood felt like a. That's what made Return to Wartwood so like, strong, like such a strong episode was, was because we had a strong connection. To Wartwood in season one, like if we spent like, five episodes. In Wartwood. Before having this kind of episode, it wouldn't be earned. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. I think, like, one thing to, like, circle back on Night Drivers for a sec. I think one thing to consider, too, is, like, we'd be exploring the same places if, like, we took the same amount of time to come back, like, to get to Newtopia and the same time to get back to Wartwood. You know what I mean? Like, we already went through these places before, so I didn't feel like, like, as a viewer, like, I ever felt like the scale was like weird when we like it was a quick pace for that. I don't know. I didn't get that vibe because like, yeah, and like I have a take on Joe Sparrow too. I'll save that when we get to First Temple. Yeah, because I actually I'll save it. I'll save it. But like, yeah, I wouldn't agree like the scale or like I wouldn't agree it was even quick pace. I think it was necessary because we already went here already. Like. It's not like the the planters are like traveling to a new like taking a new route. It's not like the planters like went by sea or something to Wartwood. You know what I mean? Like right. So right. like it's it's we're going to the same places. So there's no need to like backtrack. Okay. And I think Ivy on the run. Like I'm going to have the same kind of, like, comments later on, but, like, I like having an episode about Ivy, but... (laughs) (laughs) And I do appreciate how they kind of, like, to how her connection to Sprague kind of, like, ties, kind of acts as, like, the inciting action for the episode for Ivy wanting to get out and have her own adventure as well. But 
Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll. I'll save the point later when we get to another <laughs> segment. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I was. I was gonna say like I think my problem with that episode is like, I don't know. Like I feel like the conflict of the episode feels weird. Like, like Felicia's not telling Ivy everything. Like. I don't know. The conversation, not the conversation, the conflict just feels really off. I can't pinpoint exactly what it is. I just, like, don't care about it. Like, I like Ivy. Like, I want to like this episode. I like Spryby, but I don't like this episode specifically. I don't know. It was, like, her conflict is with her mom and how, like, she, Felicia's not letting her go out on adventures and stuff. But she, like, Felicia's not telling ivy like the information that would help her understand why her mom is doing that but at the same time like i don't even think it's like i like it's like it's just weird <laughs> it's just a weird conflict i don't i don't like the resolution to it either we get more tie-in i mean that's awesome it never comes yeah, back again really cool. so <laughs> like which is like a common thing in 2b I'll talk about that, like <laughs> things of like showing up and not coming back again. But like, yeah, it's it's it's. I don't know. That episode is like one of the episodes of all time. <laughs> I think, but at least with Ivy on the run, like how the conflict happens, I feel like what I think the reason I like it so much about how it's tied to Sprig, like Sprig's journeys outside the valley. I like how that's more of a natural inciting conflict than after the rain with the crabs taking the box. Like, Yeah, okay, that's a good point. Okay, just don't get me, like, I, I still like After the Rain. I, I think it's like a solid episode. It's a really good hop-hop episode. I, my only nitpick with After the Rain is that, like, I feel like you could have the same kind of conflict with the box still there. Like, oh, I feel like the episode could still play out the same way if Anne, like, if Hop Hop just dug up the box and Anne was there. I feel like you could still have the same kind of conflict. You wouldn't need to have, like, the love crab thing, but I feel like if they just kept it, like, an emotional episode without the hijinks, it could still be a great episode. I I never thought about that. That's a good point. I think I think my thing with After the Rain is that like it it's weird, man. Like After the Rain is an episode I enjoy too. I never knew it was like not controversial. No, that's that's the right word. Like when I joined the fandom, when I watched, I was like, oh that was that was a neat episode. I didn't really uh, think of it as like no no it wasn't like bad or anything I was just like oh that was no, cool. no, like, no. like first temple handled that pretty good too but like weirdly enough like I I kind of agree with like the the crab stuff because it's like I kind of just wanted Anne and Hot Pop to just like argue more like I kind of wanted that episode to just chill out a little bit like like I wouldn't mind having like. I guess Amphibia is never really like a that kind of show where like it stays on dialogue for long. You know what I mean? I can't think of an episode that's just two characters in a room talking. 
You know, that doesn't happen. Like, like, I didn't think it would be possible, but then I saw a Big City Greens episode where it was basically all the characters in one room talking. <laughs> and and the joke around that episode was like kind of like saving the budget to get Tom Hanks <laughs> to, to have <laughs> a voice like cameo. That. And like, they were able to pull it off. And I think like Amphibious like cast is strong enough to like do the same thing. But that's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I think I think my problem with After the Rain when I first watched it, it was like I think Nick, I think you were the one who said this during that that podcast where like not I forget exactly what it was. Something about like it, the show not taking it as seriously as it should be cuz it's like Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Cuz like I feel like with the like with the girls, right? When there's conflict with them, it is, like, the craziest shit ever, right? Like, we got, like, robot battles and, like, like duels on a tower and, like, people getting stabbed in the chest. Like, shit's getting crazy, you know, like, when, <laughs> when the girls are, are doing stuff. But with, like, this one, I felt like, I mean, I don't want, like, Hop Hop to get stabbed in the chest. But, like, <laughs> I would want, like, like, that same energy, you know what I mean? Like, that same that same like tone with it because this is a big moment like Ann and Hot Pop have had this relationship in season one that starts off a little shaky then gets better as Ann starts to trust Hot Pop more and trust the family more and like lets them know about the music box and then Hot Pop helps Ann with the box and Bizarre Bizarre they said that right yeah so like it it feels like a natural, the conflict naturally sets it up. It just feels like it it needed more time to linger on it. But then like first temple comes in and saves the day. So I was like, okay, like I, I never really had anything to complain about with this episode mostly, but I, I don't know. Like, I think you could have made after the rain work is like just Anne and hot pop arguing with each other a bit. <laughs> And like them not trusting each other and then trusting each other by the end. And like in a slower way where you don't need like Greg and Polly doing other random stuff to make it work. <laughs> you know, not random, they're still trying to get the box, but you know what I mean. Like they they're the ones who kind of cause Ann and Hop Hop to work together, which is fine, but like it doesn't really feel like it fixes their problem. You know, like what does, of course, is like the emotional moment of like Hop Hop telling Ann about Sprig and Polly's parents. I think that was handled well too because it's not hot pop like making an excuse. Like it didn't it didn't feel that way. It didn't feel like hot pop was like, no, Anne, you you can't leave because this happened to me. Like, no, 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 no. Like it felt like hot pop was just trying to tell Anne, like, hey, like there's a lot of things I'm thinking about right now. And like I didn't mean to like to hurt you too. You're a part of my family as well. So like it's a it's a big moment for them. I guess it's just like I don't know. Like, I feel like a, I feel like I'm repeating things the fandom probably said. <laughs> like, it just needed to like chill out a little bit. That's all. Like, but again, like first time yeah, it helps I mean, it out. Yeah. So. It does. I, mean, I was just going to. Oh, go ahead, Nick. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. I mean, I hope my voice is not weird. Like, I hate my headset, but like, um. I was going to say, yeah, I think, I mean, I think all your points are really solid. I'm not going to, I mean, I, you, you, honestly, you added to, you added on um, to what I said before, really, just that point of, um, there just not being enough story between Anna and Hop Hop here. Right? Like, 
I never thought about that before, but like now that I think about it, yeah, like um, when the it's weird because it's like now it kind of feels like the hell now the song you're going to brought it up, you know, it's the crops. Like, did you really need the crops selling your music box? Now that just like to me, you know, if I put on my little cynical hat, you know, it does sort of feel like they couldn't work out a story where it was just story beat after story beat after story beat of just, you know, Anna and Hop Hop. And so they had to like, you know, split them up and just find a way to fill in those. I'm, I'm being awful here, but find, <laughs> but find a way to fill in those 11 minutes in some other way. Like it really, because I think like, yeah, this just, this just does not have that significant emotional weight of these two loved ones actually, you know, like, being locked in a conflict with each other. Like, we get the guilty feelings here and there, but, you know, they're, like, sure, like, there's something to eat. Like, they're a bit of a meal, but, like, you know, I'm, I'm here for that full course that they've been building up since season one. And then, you know, obviously, yeah. Yeah. Like, just, like, the balance of, like, humor and actual emotional moments, you know, it, it's it's not Amphibia's best work, but, yeah. yeah, I think like, uh, oh, sorry. I, I was gonna add on to it. Where like, oh um, no, no, that, that's all I got. That's all I got. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I was gonna say like, this is a thing where Amphibia does have an issue with this a little bit. Where sometimes when it's not in its finale, sometimes I think the fandom noticed it a little bit. And I think season three is a more glaring one. But I'm, I'm gonna admit that too when we get to there where like sometimes amphibia does this big emotional beat but like it doesn't know how to handle it afterward you know what i mean like there's there's definitely points where like like okay like ann and hop pop's like argument when ann figures out hop hop buried the box is great i like that conversation but it is kind of joking a little bit and then by the end of it after it's done like we get like a little joke about Hop Hop, like being depressed that Anne left and whatever. It doesn't have that same dramatic punch to it with like Sasha letting go of Anne's hand at the tower. Like, yeah, like it, there's an argument you could be made like, oh, that's not the same thing, but I feel like it should feel the same thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Anne has built this relationship with Hop Hop for so long that like this moment should feel like the biggest deal. And it is a big deal because it plays a part into into Anne's arc with Marcy and like the finale itself. This is a big episode. Like it 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 plays it has a ripple effect to the rest of the show. Like it's vital. It's just that like sometimes Amphibia can have like can do a poor job of handling like larger like handling the emotion of the aftermath of a of of something. I think the fandom only started to notice it when it had to do with the girls because, like, they decided to ignore the planters mostly. But whatever. Anyways, like, so... (laughs) (laughs) I had to do that. (laughs) I had to, like... But anyway, anyway. Yeah, like, this was, like, a problem. 2B created this problem. It wasn't, like, season 3 that did it. I think season 2 had an issue with it as well with aftermath of of emotional scenes and beats where sometimes like afterward it's like the show needs to handle it better even then like i think first temple does a good job with it but 
like yeah i don't know like it's it's i don't know it's it's interesting to think about because the the confusing part for me it's like i agree with you guys about like i i like after the rain i agree with you guys on like the like criticisms of it but then it's like all the like the issues we had with after the rain it's like the first temple like like flawlessly kind of like addresses all this stuff yeah which yeah, makes it so hard true. to like critique like not hard to you can still yeah. critique it but like it's like everything one after after the rain happens in the in the first temple but it's like how come why didn't we have this in after the rain though but it's like i'm not i'm not annoyed or anything it's just it's such a weird it's so it's so weird how they handled after the rain when they did the first temple so well with the hop hop and Ann conflict and arguably like the reason the first temple is a 22 minute episode is because like a lot of that time was dedicated to like addressing hop hop and Ann. yeah and like you could use that time for marcy's own character development too you know what I mean? Which is weird they chose that option, because it's like, Mar this is Marcy's season two, so like we're giving time to Anne and Hot Pop's conflict, but yet that could have been handled better in After the Rain if they just gave that conflict more time. But then like we split it up when Mar this is Marcy's only season, pretty much. Like, <laughs> you know, like she needs this time. And weirdly enough, like I don't actually have a problem with season three making season two marcy's time to shine it's just that like it it just feels weird where like we have to split it up and we don't really have to do that like you could have had after the rain just slow chill let like let this be like the bit like a huge massive plot beat like make it feel like some reunion some true color shit like <laughs> like not tonally because like you wouldn't want the tone to just randomly jump but like you would want it to have the same weight or importance to it. And I feel like, I feel like, I don't know, it's just weird to split it up. It's it's strange when, like, Ed and Hot Pop can have their own time in one episode, and you can still have Aftermath up in First Temple, by the way. Like, you can still have, like, small snippets of Ed and Hot Pop trying to work things out. But, like, we also gotta get Marcy time, yo. Like, <laughs> you don't got a lot left. Like, <laughs> I, I do like, think I do think the first temple did it well, and like, yeah, I was kind of I was still, like I didn't. I feel like we got everything that I needed to get from Marcy in the first temple. Like I didn't see like my thing with it. And I guess this is what transitioned the other Marcy like Warwood episodes. I don't know. Like I feel like my thing with Marcy's arc is like. Weirdly enough, I think my problem with Marcy never had anything to do with her not being in season three that much. My problem with her arc was like she didn't stay longer in Wartwood for a bit. That's my beef with it because I feel like what I liked about Wartwood in like the first temple was that it was like poking fun at a lot of Marcy's toxic mindset and ideologies a bit. And I was like, that's cool. That's great. Like it's it's making Marcy have to question her own thought process on how to make friendships and relationships. And a lot of these themes come back in when she rejects the core, right? And it still works. It still works well. It's just that like, like you have like Maddie and Marcy, which is like a good episode, but like 
it's mostly about Maddie and it's not about Marcy, which is weird. Like that's that's a bit strange to me. I mean, I have a take on that too, but I'll save that for, for later. But like, <laughs> Yo, no, 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 no. Like it's a it, it's a good one, but like, <laughs> no, 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 no. like I feel like yeah. the first temple itself, like. How do I? So we kind. I think we kind of covered all like the hop, hop, and and stuff like that. If after the rain was like an okayish climax, and then the first temple was like a real like a excellent epilogue on all that stuff. Um, yeah. And then when you have the when you have like the the temple stuff like you have the introduction of joe sparrow to kind of like get them to each temple and i guess impact i'll, I'll get you to share your thoughts on that first because like i know you you wanted to talk about it i have a couple of thoughts on joe sparrow as well oh maybe he Oh, oh yeah. He's going to be right back. So, okay. oh, yeah, oh, yeah, go ahead. Right, yeah. If you yeah, want to no, talk no, about no. it. So what are we on right now? What are we on? What are we right now? First Temple? Yeah, First Temple. Like, we kind of covered the Anne Hop-Hop stuff. I think we can kind of go into the Temple stuff. Um, you, um, I know Impact wanted to talk about Joe Sparrow. And, like, I did have a couple of thoughts on him as well. Like, I feel like... <clears throat> I like how it's all been. I like how it's been all negative for us, but no, no, it's hey, not negative. It's, it's like, it's like Impact mentioned, it's like, discourse. oh, we already yeah. saw like, like the 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 trip to Utopia. It's like we're going back to Wartwood. We don't really need to see that path again. And it's like, Joe Sparrow kind of like tells us the audience that like, okay, we're going straight to the temple. There's no like. Yeah. There's no new route there. And in the moment, I was kind of, I don't want to say bothered, I was kind of like confused because I didn't, Amphibia was a show where I didn't mind like, I didn't mind, I was I was excited to watch the journey. Yeah. And like, the the thought that I had for the start of the season was, okay, we're going to have this big journey to Newtopia. Okay, we already got to Newtopia. Oh, maybe they're saving this this journey for the for the quest, for the temple quest. And then we're going straight to the temples. And it's like, I would have liked to explore this world a bit more. And I mean, we haven't talked about the other town episodes yet, but it's if we lost the townie episodes for more traveling episodes, I would have, I would have, I don't want to say prefer that because this is what we got. And I still liked it, but I think having travel episodes between the temples would have made me more invested in the temple quest. Mm, no, it's, 
Hmm. No, that, that's, that's a really interesting point. No, that's a really interesting point because I feel like, like, so did you not feel satisfied with like the? I mean, honestly, looking back, I do think like I think I do think like the obvious biggest thing people were like you know invested in with the temples were just like you know this trio drama. Just the idea of like these three eventually being butting heads. Like, was that like did you not feel like that was enough drama? Like, did you not feel like that was like satisfying enough for? I don't want to share that opinion yet because of time oh okay but like i still like what we Uh. got and like impact we were i i wanted to hear your thoughts on like on joe sparrow before we talk about like stuff sure totally so i think there was a there was a take i don't know who said it but it was a take on, on, I think it might have been Uzvix who said it, with the scale of Amphibia being broken by Joe. And I'm going to be honest, like I, like, I never agreed with that, but I didn't know why until I started thinking about it. I think a friend, I was talking to a friend about it, and I think we came to the conclusion that, like, Joe Sparrow in no way breaks the scale of Amphibia because, like, as a character, he allows us to go to places we wouldn't have the ability to go without him. We wouldn't be able to go to the Third Temple without Joe. Like, there's no, there's no, like, if ands or, like, buts with it. Like, like, you can't access it without Joe being there. We can't go to the second temple without Joe. Because, like, Bessie would literally, like, he's not going to be able to go through, like, the winter weather. And it's far away, too. It's well established that all these places are decently far away from, like, Wartwood or any other place. That, like, I felt like Joe doesn't break the scale of the show because you know where the, the characters are far away. You have a good idea of like where they're at in Amphibia specifically. You know they're far away from the valley. So to me, like Joe Sparrow doesn't break the scale of Amphibia at all because like we know how long it, it, not how long, we know how far the characters could can go. Like we understand where they're at in the world. I've seen an argument that 3B breaks the scale, which I'm not sure I agree with, but like I wouldn't agree Joe does. I don't think Joe breaks the scale at all. He allows us to go to places that we know are far away. So, like, it would be different if, like, the planters, like, used Bessie to warp to places in one episode. That's different because, like, Bessie, we know, takes time to get to places. We had that with, like, the Newtopia, like, the trip to Newtopia or Night Drivers, where it takes time to get to location to location. But with Joe, it's like, well, we know he's a super fast bird. We know that he allows people, we know that like these temples are far away. It's not that hard to like get like, it doesn't break the scale because we understand where the characters are at relatively to like other places. We know the temples are far away. Like you can like connect that dot pretty well. So I don't know, I wouldn't agree that Joe breaks the scale it, it would it would take like bessie like instant transmissioning around like like to do that like that doesn't that doesn't really happen really like just joe just allows us to expand the world like how bessie like how opening the valley allowed us to expand the world joe allows us to do the same thing so yeah 
Thank you, Impact. That's it. Um, we have covered the Anne and Hop Hop aspect of the first temple. We can kind of get into uh, Marcy's kind of test at the first temple. And we did mention, like in retrospective, about what the temples felt like at the time and how they felt now. Um, I guess starting with Impact, I know you probably have more to say about like just how you feel about Marcy's test tests, I guess, of of wit. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think two B is kind of this interesting point with Marcy, and I think like sometimes I feel like this is a, a part of Marcy like that gets not ignored quite a bit because this is the point where Marcy is like flaws become more obvious to the viewer in 2a like the story is setting up marcy is the good friend quote unquote right like she's she's Anne's better friend than sasha she's the anti-sasha she's great you know what i mean like and the story is not contradicting that here but it's sort of adding an extra layer to it where we're starting to kind of see a lot more of the flaws of the character so like this one, we've like throughout like the Utopia arc, right? Marcy as a character has been able to solve every problem she's kind of been dealt with, right? Using just like her brain and her logic, and her own intelligence. There hasn't really been a point where Marcy hasn't been able to outsmart a situation. You know what I mean? And this is rather intriguing because like a lot of Marcy's character is sort of her like having to learn themes of humility and acceptance and sort of learning when she doesn't have the power to change something or knowing when like she doesn't, she can't logic her way out of a situation, right? So like First Temple is really fun because this is kind of the point where Marcy like literally can't outsmart a problem. Like she's trying, like in the chess match, right? She's trying to win the game when the win condition is lost. You can't, 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 she can't win. Like, like, it, like, it's like trying to be a Mario level without a flagpole or a star. Like, you wouldn't, you can't, you can't beat the level. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Marcy is essentially trying to do that. So this is an interesting point because Marcy has to realize, oh, shit, I cannot win this. I cannot achieve this goal. And this is the goal I'm trying to achieve is hurting the people I care about. I need to stop being so focused on my want to win, I'm inadvertently now realizing how I'm hurting the people I'm caring about. I have to get lose what I want things to be, not want things to be. I have to lose for Marcy. She has to lose, she has to learn humility. She has to learn when to fail a bit, when to kind of give up sometimes or change your strategy. So in Marcy's case, it was like, fuck, I can't win the the win condition doesn't exist okay so the game can't be won and like care about your friends you know what i mean and protect them so like i don't know i really liked the first temple it felt like the point where marcy's character to me was like oh wait a minute there's something going on with this character that's really different from sasha you know because sasha's problem is just about power but marcy's problem is a little unique because it's kind of marcy learning when she does not have the power to change something or it doesn't have control over something. And that's going to come back when we get to like 
season three because that that part of her character gets explored when she joins the core so i don't know there's some cool stuff going on with marcy in, in first temple so and i'm not gonna lie i didn't think any of this when i was like first watching it completely i was like oh this is like a, that's an interesting character beat it's like yeah. using marcy's like oh marcy was like super hyper focused when we first met her marcy the gates and now it's like seemingly like turning into like sort of a negative trait of Marcy having to learn to be a bit more mindful of her action to consider other people's wants. So like, I don't know. First Temple has a lot going on with Marcy. I really like it a lot. All right. Thank you, Impact. Right. And yeah, that kind of like, I don't really have much to add to that. Um, until we get into like the later Marcy episodes. Uh, I just wanted to add that like, getting to the first temple i do remember that's kind of where we also got more codes like more it helped us actually no i think before this episode we we mostly knew the the old utopian language by then i do remember like there was a really early matt interview before season two came out where where Matt Brawley talked about, like, going to a place where there's a bunch of brain-shaped mushrooms. And then, like, he was actually talking about the first temple in, in retrospective, which was an interesting thing about how, like, he was kind of, like, he was pretty much telling us, like, maybe he didn't realize he was talking about, like, 2B, but he was telling, he mentioned this, like, a year in advance, basically. Which is is an interesting fact for you guys. Um, I think you. I, th I think I remember you mentioning that before. I forget when exactly. That's a cool fun fact. Oh yeah, I think maybe I did bring it up in the podcast before. Okay. Um, yeah, forget what it's episode. I, I guess this 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 temple episode was probably the most classic kind of temple challenge we could get, which is which is fitting for Marcy. Um, yeah, that's all I can say for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got it's got a Zelda vibe, which like. Yeah, it's it like as soon as like the temple showed up, I'm like oh this this is Zelda, <laughs> you know, like once once we got there and like yeah, once we get to the others, I'll I'll, I'll talk about it a little. Yeah, and I guess before we go on to like the the Warwood episodes that happened after this, the very end of this temple, like the very end of this episode, had our introduction of the core, even though we didn't know what it was or what it did. It was the night. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was the night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes. I feel like we, we've talked about this before, but it's, it's funny. It's going to be funny for people like looking back at old theories or old posts and just seeing pink and the night instead of leaf and the core. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, no, because I think, like, yeah, that was one of the really exciting things about season two was just how, you know, just how it kept on breaking the status quo they set for us for season one, just constantly asking ourselves, you know, just, just what is the true, <laughs> like, what is, like, what is truly, I guess just, like, what Amphibia truly is, just, like, as a show, because... The Temple Quest, I think, yeah, not only did it, like, pretty much destroy our idea of, like, what kind of, like, settings or focus we, Amphibia could have, but then, yeah, just, just, yeah, dropping the night on us like that, yeah, that, that, like, yeah, it's weird, because, yeah, it, it, it's been a long time since that twist happened, but I'm still, like, you know what I mean? I'm still, it kind of feels like I'm still in awe of it. Like, I think it's still, like, a fantastic twist. Like, that hasn't changed at all. Yeah, and it was, like, super exciting that night because, or when that first dropped, because the way Andrews just casually walked by the, the shadow fish, and when, when he opens up that secret passage, or even, okay, even before all of that stuff, I, I remember, like, talking about this with, with the guys on the podcast, like, Uzbek's PC, like... Yunan is telling Andrus about, like, the Frog Rebellion that's happening. And Andrus doesn't give, like, a shit about any of that stuff. Like, the moment Marcy, he gets that letter from Marcy, he immediately just, like, walks out. And he's like, oh, okay, it's fine. And that's when Yunan drops, like, mentions, like, the Toad Lords, like, gathering for the first time. And it was just nice to confirm that, like, all this Frog Rebellion stuff hasn't gone unnoticed. And it hasn't been forgotten. And then, yeah, like, and then the teaser of the Toad Lords is just like, you, you get like a tease of like how like the, we already know the hierarchy, but it's just nice to have the show kind of discuss it. And how like, even though the Toads operate under the Newts, like, the Toads are, just the idea of the Toads kind of like considering not helping the Newts or just the idea of their opposition to, like, the Utopian Kingdom is, like, something troubling for Yunnan to point out to Andreas, even though Andreas has, like, zero care for any of this. I'm oh, sorry, Nick, I yeah. cut you off. Oh, no, I mean, honestly, no, I was just... I mean, I was just going to say yeah, all your points. Like, I, I think I think I, men- I think I mentioned it on another retrospective episode, but I said, yeah, I think, like, it's just moments like that just really screaming out to me that like yeah this is just an extremely well written season i mean like we have those tiny like those like minute moments of characterization for andrews that just explains so much about him and also just foreshadows so many things about him just yeah when he walks past those shadow fish like they're nothing like it's just yeah it just makes you yeah really question okay okay you know what kind of connection does does he have to this to that you know what like what and and oh yeah just having him ignore the toad rebellion right i i, I love yeah i love the anticipation they create with that but also just the actual power dynamics between andreas and the rest of amphibia like it's just yeah this is just a really well-knit story like it it, it really like shit you know like amphibia season two yeah it, it's just a really like it, it is a really impressive season of television, and also the um, the secret passage 
like we know now that like the statue was Andrus's father. Yeah. Which is a nice touch. Sorry, you know, I thought you were going to elaborate, my bad. No, no, but yeah, I, no, I, no, no, yeah. seriously, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I could elaborate, like, oh, like, he just walks off his, like, duties, and then just, of course, he's living in his father's shadow, so then he's going, yeah. he's sticking to his level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in this oh, underground passage. Yeah, I mean, shit, like, it's, it's, it's like a really, um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, if, if, I, if I just went unhinged, yeah, you could really just sing the season's praises, like, for hours, because it's just, yeah, I think, yeah, just really well-structured, too. I mean, like, we, like, oh, yeah, the more they explore Amphibia, the more we learn about that other side of it, just the more we explore that underbelly, I mean, right? Like, we're learning about the temples, at the same time we're learning about the core, you know, we, we, um, we have, like, you get, um, and Marcy just re- revitalizing the relationship. You get Sasha sinking back into her worst, like, um, you know, her worst habits. Like, you just, oh, I don't know. Everything's just nightly tied together. Oh, sorry. sorry. I, I, I'm going into 2B. I'm bad. I'm bad. I think, I mean, we are in 2B, but like. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Like, sorry. I mean, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think one thing, like, to keep in mind is that it's also, it is very, very well pre- pre-planned. Like, I can't act like it, it's a coincidence that the first mention we had, we met, get of Marcy beating Andreas and Flipwort is like the same episode we get introduced to the core. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. have that planned yeah. out. Like that was like that was like they one hundred percent knew what they were gonna do with her. Like <laughs> as soon as season three started. So yeah, like it's it's interesting looking back. I think also like I don't know like. I always I, I really like them that you mentioned about like the Frog Valley stuff like still being important because it's interesting how it snowballs to a like Frog Rebellion to a Toad Rebellion, you know what I mean? Like oh I don't know it's it's rather interesting because it, it yeah because Frog Rebellion Toad Rebellion then it turns into just straight up Amphibia Rebellion <laughs> by season three like with um the entirety of Amphibia like fighting against Andreas and the core and shit. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I always, I find that interesting. Like how it just turns into this big, like snowball effect. <laughs> yeah. And we'll, we'll get into that more when we get to barrels, Warhammer. Um, yeah. I guess we can kind of go into the, Wartwood episodes like New Wartwood, Friend or Frobo, Total Redemption, Maddie and Marcy. Like these batch of episodes, like, you know, it's just settling, not settling down, but like sort of like regrouping before the next temple. We get to see yeah. more towny adventures. Um,. I mean, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know my opinion on New Warwood, it's alright. Friend or Frobo, it's great. Yeah. Redemption, it's alright. Maddie and Marcy, it's alright. <laughs> <laughs> and... 
And, you know, I'm going to keep holding off my thoughts on a bit of the choice, episode choice, for these segments until we get to, like, the third temple. Um, really? But I do think, without taking up too much time and letting you guys, like, be positive about this. Um, <laughs> New Warwood, it's like, I understand, at least the episode does kind of, like, M- Marcy is the one in, like, the driver's seat in this case. Yeah. And causes the conflict, resolves it. You know, like, I'm, I'm happy there's something like that still for Marcy after the first temple to kind of, like, humble her again after this win. Friend or Frobo, I'm just glad... I didn't expect Polly to be the one to kind of like bonds with Frobo. So I just, I really, I really liked how they handled his introduction. Frobo is like, uh, I think we've talked about Frobo a lot of times on the podcast. I think like when Frobo happened, like Frobo came into me, I was like, oh, okay. Like I didn't forget about him, but I was just like, yeah, he's he's been there for like a while. We haven't had this guy in like the whole whole season. I'm glad he's here. I mean, <laughs> um, I feel like I don't know. I like Friend or Frobo a lot. It's definitely a lot of like just Polly and Frobo like just fucking around the whole episode. Like, I guess you could say that about every episode in the show, like with Ann and Sprig. <laughs> like, it felt a little different. You know what I mean? Like it. It definitely felt like. Probo is just kind of messing around in Wartwood. The animation though is great in that episode though. Like everything, the way Frobo moves like throughout the whole thing is great. And the music's really good too. It's it's really different for the show. Like we heard something similar with the the Frobot factories, but like it's got like a fun like techno vibe to it if that makes sense. So like that's really cool. Um I've said my thoughts on like new Wartwood before but i really like that episode i think like i think marcy's character clicked more with me i I think i already liked her already i think her character weirdly clicks more to me once we have recontextualization of what her arc is about in the third season because like because like marcy is intentionally designed to be a mysterious character like that's the point right like we don't we don't see Marcy throughout the entirety of season one and kind of like the hype of Marcy at the gate is like, who's Marcy? What is she about? She like evil, like Sasha, like, you don't know. Right. So like, even when we do get Marcy, there are still mysteries about her character. Like, Oh, what's her deal with Andreas? Or why does Marcy feel like she's going to be alone when like she moves away beyond and Sasha leaving her, you know what I mean? Like, couldn't she just like, like talk to them online and stuff or whatever but it's like there's a little bit more to it than that you know like to her decision so like in to learn like yeah there's just a lot more going on with marcy's character to me like so i really like new Warwood because it's kind of a point where marcy is trying to like force a connection with Wartwood that Anne had to like learn to have throughout like season one she's trying to speed run it you know what I mean? Like, she's trying to, like, just get it over for one episode instead of doing it for a whole season. <laughs> you know, she's trying to get them to like her by, like, improving the town and stuff. 
it's ultimately a selfish goal. Like even like she puts too much weight on the town and she knows like that'll happen. <laughs> like like <laughs> she mentions it specifically. Like it's it's not like a whole thing where Marcy just like, oh I forgot. Like, nah, she didn't forget. She rolled the dice. Like <laughs> she was like, ah, let's like let's see what happens. You know, if they like me, then like it's all good. Like she was kind of like hoping it wouldn't happen, you know. Which I like about Marcy, because she has kind of, like, an amoral side to the character, where, like, sometimes Marcy will, like, know something's wrong, but she'll think, like, for the greater good sometimes <laughs> a bit. So, like, Marcy knows, like, oh, sending Anne and Sasha to Amphibia was a bad thing, but, like, but, like, it's to save the friendship, it's to make sure everything's okay, you know? Like, the parents don't tear them apart, you know what I mean? So, like, Marcy has a lot more of that, like, there's there's a darker side to the character. Not, like, some, like, weird, edgy, like, thought process to her. But more so, like, Marcy is not, like, a super, like, moral character like Anne, right? Because Anne as a character will be, like, Anne will know something is wrong. And she just may not have the confidence to to stop something. But, like, and Sasha will, like, know something is wrong and doesn't care. <laughs> like, right? Like, she'll know she's treating Anne poorly, but it doesn't matter because she never faces consequences, right? Like, for, for Marcy in this case, like, Marcy knows, like, the, the town is can't handle the weight. But she doesn't, like, she's, like, for the greater good if they like me. You know what I mean? Marcy can sometimes think a lot more selfishly than I think the fandom can can make her out to be. And I even think with Marsan, like there's there's some like Marcy ignoring Anne a lot too. That happens throughout like a lot of like 2B you'll notice. Like Anne will tell Marcy something and be like, like Anne will tell Marcy, hey, like sometimes you hyper focus on stuff too much and you're not being mindful of like other people. Like, maybe you should stop. And Marcy's like, whatever, Anne. That's my superpower. Duh. Gosh. Jeez. Like, stop telling what to do. <laughs> and then, like, the first temple happens. And Anne's like, in, in New Wartwood, hey, like, you can't force connections and relationships. Like, people have to accept you when they accept you. You can't force acceptance out of others. And then Marcy's like, whatever, Anne. Like, you found a way that worked for you. I'm going to find a way that works for me, dude. And then it doesn't work. <laughs> Marcy has a lot of moments like that. That, like, I think I think sometimes as, a, like, a fandom, we just straight up ignore. Like, even, like, when when Marcy's like, hey, like, wouldn't you want this adventure to last forever? Anne goes, no. And Marcy's like, ah, you know, I'm still going to keep doing it. Like, <laughs> like it's it's a whole thing out of her. You know, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't like unnotice it <laughs> when re-watching Two B. Like it's and sometimes, I mean, not Anne. Marcy sometimes ignores Anne's word and her opinion, and will sometimes like dismiss it. And like Marcy will only dismiss Anne's opinion if she herself has a plan. Marcy doesn't like compromise with Anne or like discuss what to do next, unless she herself does not have a plan of what to do next. Because in Utopia arc, like, when Anne, like, 
But this even happens in Marcy at the gates. Like when Anne tells Marcy, like, hey, like stay in the back. Marcy's like, whatever. <laughs> she just goes in front. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't know. Like, I guess you could say like, oh, Marcy's like not being socially like, like paying attention. Like maybe, maybe you could say that. But like, I don't know. It's like too much of a coincidence. Like, like, <laughs> I don't know. I wanted a whole like Marsan rant there, but like it's an interesting facet of Marcy's character to like consider. And I think I think this part in 2B is making that more obvious. There we go. Yeah, yeah I mean I really impact. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I keep interrupting. Oh, go ahead, Nick. Sorry. Oh. Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, no, my bad. But you know, I was just going to say, like, I really liked your point when you said like like, you know, everyone's just sort of ignoring this that of Marcy. Because, I don't know, it just made me think about, like, what the sort of focus was back there with Marcy. I feel like, yeah, this also brings in sort of 3B, but just, like, yeah, because I think, like, back then, we were, like, the fan, like, it was, when we got these episodes, it, it felt more like the idea that they're just teasing something bigger that the show will end up focusing on right like like we were like back then we still had the mindset that like marcy's arc will be would be handled in a similar manner compared to sasha and Anne's. right like there would be that whole full series bookend feeling to her right and like yeah really it's interesting seeing how they explored her because i think the idea yeah the idea was always that like yeah i think they all understood right like, Marcy is not going to get the full experience in the three year. Instead, she's just going to gain the confidence to confront what she needs to back home, right? Because, like, it, because you know, her sense of amphibia was going to be her moving anyway. Like, that was going to be her amphibia. Like, that was going to be her amphibia, like, wh where, like where she ended up in. And, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just very interesting to take that thought and just look back at how they explore her in these episodes because yeah you're right like we got new wartwood maddie and marcy i feel like you know what i mean like like tom i mean we're pretty much of the same mind in there like i'm like first five minutes peak fiction like second half i'm like this episode's dead no no it's not dead but like it's I, I, i'm not having as much fun but like I don't know. I've seen people point to that one moment, like, in my, in my, hey, maybe it was played for laughs or just like a little, I don't know, little thing. But like, yeah, I don't know when Marcy, you know, sheds a tear at um, Maddie's family making up. I don't know. Maybe like, I've seen some people make make that connection to her and her own family. So it's like, uh, I don't know. It's yeah, I don't, I don't know. It really is interesting just seeing, thinking about how all this was structured. Because obviously, yeah, it was it was definitely for that true college setup, right? Like, like they're hinting yeah. at. Something's going to go down that episode, but there's also just the idea that, hey, these are these specific issues that Marcy's only ever going to lightly confront in Amphidia because she's already got herself, like, transfixed in this whole other situation. So, uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, you, you just, like, since, as soon as you started talking about that, like, my mind just, like, it jumped up. I was like, oh, that's actually super interesting. Yeah. That's all really, my thoughts. I really like what you mentioned about, like, earth being marcy's amphibia i feel like that's something that always gets ignored like all the time like people are like oh why didn't marcy make like tons of connections in amphibia like <laughs> the whole point is that like 
okay, the whole point is that Marcy is learning themes of relationships. So when she leaves the girls, she'll be okay. The story's not saying, oh, like, Marcy has to learn to make... Like, Marcy shouldn't be making connections in Amphibia fundamentally because she used the box to maintain uh, to maintain the relationship previously, like, or maintain her relationship with Sasha and Anne. Though I, I have some disagreements on, like, some of her motivations, but I would kind of make the argument Marcy did a little, wanted a little more than just maintain the relationship. But, like, yeah, like, I feel like that's a, that's a thing with Marcy, where, like, Marcy is going to have, have Anne's adventure, like, on Earth, like, when the show ends. That's the point. Like, that's, that's the whole idea. Like, there, she's not having the same experience, like, Anne and Sasha, because fundamentally, like, her amphibia and her, like, going to a new place that, like, she didn't think she would like, but eventually learns to enjoy it, needs to happen, like, and undefined by the girls can't happen in Amphibia because she's so stuck in trying to, like, to rebuild the connection and keep the relationship. Marcy's always stuck in an idolized viewpoint of the connection with Anne and Sasha. She sometimes inadvertently doesn't try to make connections herself. And, like, Maddie and Marcy is, like a, is a great episode. But, like, even then, they're, like, in the journal, you'll notice it, where, like, Marcy will, will be like, huh, like, that's weird. Like, I'm able to nerd out a lot more than I was with Anne and Sasha. Like, like, but then she'll immediately, like, or, like, even with the night guard, where she was like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm, I'm hanging out with them. That's cool. She'll immediately talk about Anne and Sasha every single time <laughs> she goes back to them because Marcy is clinging on to this previous relationship and an idolized viewpoint of that connection. She sometimes doesn't like go and make connections herself. You know what I mean? Um, so like, that's why I, I kind of like, like Heike kind of like Marcy not having strong connections in Amphibia because yeah, like, I'm with like, you there. I, I kind of liked it because it, it sort of made it so then Marcy, Marcy's like relationship building has to happen on Earth because she's running away from that change. But Anne and Sasha are embracing the change from Amphibia and growing as people from that point. But like Marcy's not supposed to be doing that. She's not supposed to be rewarded for trying to, to maintain the status quo of the dynamic and to run away from moving away. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. that. <laughs> I feel like if, like, we were on, like... Nah, never mind. <laughs> I feel like if... I don't know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole thing with Marcy where, like, I, so many people don't get that <laughs> about her character arc. It's insane to me. Like, they didn't do it. Like, they didn't... In the finale, it's not like they forgot about Maddie, like, in Marcy's dynamic. No, that wasn't the case. Like, it's it's intentional to her arc that she doesn't have strong connections like Anne and Sasha because whatever yeah I already said it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's a great that's a great point you brought up in Pat and like and like seeing like in retrospect Marcy kind of like touches on this at the very end of the series where she talks about oh like I didn't get to know like Yuna and Olivia more and I just. 
so then going back to like Maddie and Marcy, it that definitely helps with that kind of like context now. But like yeah. my issue is just like if they were going to make it's it Maddie's a Maddie sister. episode, and so so at least the book does kind of like address Marcy kind of like being so close to having like a realization and then like backing away from it to talk about like Anna and <laughs> Sasha. And it's like, mm-hmm. I just wish like the show kind of did that. But then yeah, even, but Maddie and Marcy is still kind of like free. It's, it's a Maddie episode with Marcy in it. And since it's focused on Maddie, like and her siblings, I just felt like Marcy's inclusion really didn't do anything for it. And then that's fair. And then I think I kind of mentioned how, like, Polly and Frobo, it would have been, I think it would have led to, like, a more, like, stronger conflict about how, like, Maddie's hanging out with, like, another Pollywog, but, like, not her sisters, and then at least having more, like, Polly Frobo screen time to, like, develop that bond, but whatever. Yeah, it's just, like, Marcy felt, like, too, like, too much of a secondary, oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, yeah. Because um, <laughs> no, I, 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 I bet you it's like, yeah, Marcy is fundamentally, like, a very important secondary character. And then now I'm complaining about what I what I agree with, but... Um, but yeah, really great points by Impact. And, and okay, Total Redemption, like, I, I said it was okay, but, like, I... I, I like this episode because just yeah I was, I was surprised i was surprised when you said it was okay i was like what no, 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 oh. no. Like, I, I, <laughs> like i thought that book more it's like oh okay like it's because you know at least we get a little bit of toadstool kind of like in the episodes yeah. before kind of like owning up to his mistakes yeah. and and that Calm. that moment that's with him and Anne. yeah that moment yeah. with Anne and him like looking out the window it's very similarly like set up to it, the way it's set up is very similar to another shot in Breakout Star where like Anne is kind of the unsure one and Toadstool is very like sure of himself of like using Anne to like win the town's like win the favor like win the town over and now here it's like kind of like the opposite I, I, I just I like that <laughs> I, I didn't even think about that um. Yeah, and this is the episode where Bob came back, and we never saw him again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so yes, stinky ass. Yeah, I, think, I, I love how like I love how the fan. I think the fandom collectively was like kind of like cheesed about that. I I can't blame them, like because like the show was so good at like doing like returning like appearances, and the fact that we didn't really get too much of like a big follow-up but that is kind of it's bullshit yeah because <laughs> like yeah bog like, was technically like the first kind of like a yeah, villain villain yeah like whatever like i don't even it's not toad redemption's fault to be fair like <laughs> yeah it's not you know what i mean like, yeah it's not their fault it's just like but i mean Okay, I'll, I'll talk about like the direction of season two later, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but 
like I I don't know. I, I really like Tilt to Redemption a lot. It was kind of like it was kind of a cool way of like bringing that scene back from Reunion where you see like Toadstool like helping out the rest of like Wartwood and stuff, like getting them out the tower. Like, oh, that was like, that was cool. And then you kind of saw like in, in New Wartwood where Toadstool was like actually taking responsibility. I was like, what the hell? What? <laughs> That's not supposed to happen. Like, <laughs> you know, like he was, he was willing to be like, hey, actually, I, I, I'm. I have a lot of blame for this too. And then like Kroken's like, shut up, Toadstool. Like, we'll get to you. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I really like this episode. It was cool kind of bringing like the theme of change into for Toadstool's character and like them bringing like Bog was cool. I don't know. I love this episode. I thought it was like neat. Like, I guess also because I didn't have the expectation of this being like a Sasha and Grime episode. Oh, yeah. I forgot <laughs> right? people. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> One that yeah. that was hilarious coming to the fan yeah. that I didn't I didn't know yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah, he wasn't I, even thinking about it. I remember Matt like, joked about it too where like his promo like yeah like... <laughs> oh, they didn't... yeah no I know you're talking about yeah 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 that was hilarious that was hilarious <laughs> Jesus yeah I take back like I didn't mean to say like it was an okay episode like I really I still really like Total Redemption I think it was just that you know Maddie and Marcy was the next one. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I dig like I dig on Matthew Marsh so much, but it's so it's so fun episode. Like, yeah, we, we yeah. Got, <laughs> like we got like the hop hop like joke, like the corpse joke. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's 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 the thing. That 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 I guess I don't know if it's a hot take. Anything bad about this episode, but I think it's the fact that it's like all my favorite things are in the first, and then as soon as the montage is over, I'm basically just waiting, waiting for the episode to end. Like <laughs> Maddie's sisters, they do not carry an episode. Like that—that that is my thing. They, they cannot carry an episode. Like they—they're they're all right. So. <laughs> like they're okay. Okay. I do, I do think it. I I find it interesting that Marcy like was. Telling Maddie, like, hey, like, sometimes you have to, like, consider their own, like, like consider your sister's own wants, too. Like, you always can't be focused on your on your interests all the time. You got to give them attention. I don't know. I kind of interesting. Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, I was like, huh, that's a, that's interesting in retrospect. <laughs> like, because, like, there's kind of, like, two ways you could see it. Like, like, one, you could be like, oh, like, this is like how Marcy wishes Anne and Sasha would care about uh, her interests, right? Like, and she kind of empathizes with the sisters of like of them not being interested in, in her them being neglected by Maddie. There we go. But like, you can also see it as like character growth for Marcy because like she can sometimes be too much in her interest that she sometimes doesn't think about the wants of Anne and Sasha. There's kind of two ways you can take it. Like it's a funny line in like in retrospect. Like <laughs> so yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. And do we do we got do we guys want to move on to the next batch? Uh 
Yeah, I th- I think we can. Yeah. Yeah. All good to go. Okay. So I guess we can kind of go into the talk about the second temple, Barrel's Warhammer, Bessie Michelangelo, the third temple. Yeah. Um. Even though this is in one group, I know we're gonna kind of like talk about them on the own a lot. Yeah. The, the second temple. Fantastic episode. Barrel's Warhammer, fantastic episode. Bessie Michelangelo, yes, fantastic sir. episode. The Third Temple, great episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh I mean, I still said it's great. I still said it's great. But... No, I know. I, I, I think I, I, think I know why. <laughs> but... <laughs> like, Nick's mentioned this before, but every time we get, like, a really solid and episode, episode we usually get like a really good sasha episode too with about the duality between them um oh and i can't think of like a better example than like the second temple and barrel's warhammer with and kind of like reflecting and like progressing and then sasha's kind of honestly yeah she's regressing a little bit yeah. Um. Valeriana's return. Great. Toad, toad politics. Great. I, I guess Nick, I'll let you talk a bit about the Second Temple if you'd like. Um. Honestly, I mean, I want to. I don't think I have like too many things to add that I haven't already said in the past, but, like, yeah, it's, like, I'm, I'm just trying to think, yeah, because I think it's, yeah, because I think I have very little to say at this point, but, like, yeah, I think it's just, uh, a good, just, I think this episode majorly concludes, you know, I'm going to say, like, Anne's journey in Amphibia, as, like, I'm, I'm gonna, not, like, show journey, but as in just, like, her world journey because at this point you know she's sort of gone through everything she needs to in our world right like she had all her very worst demons challenged confronted and then erased and she changed for the better and at this point yeah i think she really saw the quality that she has as a person and like i was like i, I wish i had a lot more but like i i like i, I basically just like some i don't know so many times when i've gone over to like I, I always go back to this episode and yeah i mean like it's a really good episode it really makes you feel like her like you weren't just watching a bunch of episodic one-offs no you're really seeing this magnificent magnificent arc all come together and like one thing I gotta say, this whole time I was talking, like I, I, I can't help but think about like. I honestly, thought I don't know if you're, if you're gonna bring it up. You're gonna say the whole yeah. and reflection. Yeah, I'm okay, gonna bring it up. You, later. You say, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll all say right, about, right, okay, all right. That's all I got. That's all I got. No, no, I'll, I'll say, <laughs> no. I'll, I'll bring it up before once we get into like the battle of band stuff after we cover that. I, I, I because I, 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 but, I do want to end it off on a positive note to talk about like true colors a bit I, in regards I, to like Anne. But yeah, I do like how you mentioned kind of like Anne's kind of like completed her world journey and is kind of just like looking back at it 
and it's really interesting how like now we know like what who Valeriana was. Oh shit! Yeah, and I do like how you know after an episode of Valeria kind of pushing like Anne's buttons a bit. And she was always, like, the most mysterious character of the show until, like, we got, like, the context that she's, like, she created the box, basically, to harness the power of the gems. And it's nice to see how, like, genuinely happy she is to see someone like Anne kind of, like, own up to her, like, past mistakes and, like, and kind of show that growth to her because you can see how like how like happy valeriana was when she like mentioned how like she's been waiting like so long for someone like her it's like knowing that she's the creator of the box and like how she kind of like felt like ashamed of like what it ended up being used for i i, I like that that hope yeah and i think to, to this is a little bit season three thought, but like I do think it is like interesting that like Valeriana like is so proud to see Anne grow as a person, and like you have like the core who kind of inadvertently hates it. The core always is thinking of Anne like as a doofus and an idiot, but like then gets tricked by her like <laughs> immediately in the same episode. She's in he they're introduced to and is introduced to them you know what i mean like i don't know like there's there's something to say about like how the how the core is the character like fundamentally cannot let go of Anne's past self inside of like cannot accept her growth and like valeriana is always trying to remind Anne, like oh you lied and you steal you stole stuff like you're a bad person. You're not worthy. And like, I don't know. I think it's interesting that the core kind of thinks of Anne, still keep thinking of Anne that way. Like the way Valeriana is telling, um, is talking about her in this episode, if that makes sense. So no, no, it's just, it's just different. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, because just the fact that Valeriana brought that up, how she knew about all this stuff about Anne, that was that made everyone kind of think, like, wait, how? Like, why? It's like, okay, Valeriana's connected to the box, but we don't know how. And it, just, it was just fun to speculate at the time. Even when the series ended, it's like, we still never got an explanation for that. Until, like, the book kind of, like, it doesn't give us like a full explanation, but it gives us enough to understand how just you can kind of like assume that Valeriana can kind of is connected to the gem somehow. Doesn't matter how, but we know it's there. Yeah. Um, and the gem doesn't I... completely charge oh, go ahead, in fact. Oh, no, I was gonna actually going to go off topic to mention the Sasha and Anne stuff, but you can keep going. No, no, you can go ahead, because like, I was just going to mention that oh. the gems are recharged, but there's not much to talk about there until... Uh, okay. True I was... So, yeah, like, go ahead. I was going to say, like, I... 
I guess I don't I don't really see like like Nick, are you saying that like Sasha and Anne were like foils to each other, like in the story? Like when with that like opposite of like when Anne grows as a person but Sasha regresses? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I think like yeah, they're like a hand. It was honestly looking at it, it's just like a very interesting thing they're doing between those two. But yeah, I, I guess you could. It's complicated. Like I, I want to say, yeah, they're full. They're foils for each other. They're all. But I also want to say they're parallels for each other. But like, I think yeah. But like yeah, there's a handful of episodes where you just have that sort of like you know that dichotomy, just like Anne growing out of her worst. Uh, self and then Sasha, you know, really just doubling down on just what makes her awful. But like, but yeah, but I think that yeah, what's also great about these episodes is also just, um, yeah, goddamn it, I don't know, I, I, I love that kind of stuff. I <laughs> like, just love that kind of stuff because it just reminds me of like watching Avatar. I'm going a little off topic too, but just like, yeah, I don't know, it just reminds me of Avatar and just, um, you know, how Eng and Zuko they would just have those scenes in parallel with each other, so. That was awesome, but yeah, I don't know. I, I love okay. I love shows that I love shows that do stuff like that. Like it didn't like I think they they stopped right around when Sasha finally got her shit together. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, I mean we had like we had uh, let's go. I mean for just going over real quick, we had like Toe Tax and uh, Prison Break. Then we, then we had, um then like the yeah. the next parallel episode they do have is Second Temple and Bill's Warhammer. And then, from, right? Yeah, because, like, spoilers pass in, like, Toad Catcher. Not, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They're not, like, yeah. they're not, like, paralleling each other. I guess I never thought about them as, as foils to each other. Like, like, I feel like, like, with Aang and Zuko, right, their arcs are naturally opposites of one another. I guess, like, their characters are opposites to one another, you know? When I think of, like, Anne and Sasha, I think of Sasha as being, like, a natural villain to Anne, but I guess I never think of her as, like, a narrative foil to her. Like, huh. Because maybe, because I'm I'm too stuck into, like, <laughs> in the, to the foils of season three. You know what I mean? That 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 might be why I'm not able to see as much. Because like, when I think of like Sasha's foil, I don't think of Anne. I think of like the core. You know what I mean? Like when I think of Anne's foil, I think of Anduin. I don't think of Sasha. You know, like even with Marcy, like when I think of her narrative foil, I also think the core. You know, so like when thinking about like the narrative opposites of the girls. I guess it's not technically a foil. A narrative opposite isn't isn't technically a foil. I might be wrong that term. But like I don't know, like that's something I never considered. I always thought they were like just villains. You know what I mean? Like I guess I wouldn't like I don't know. It's 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 different. I'm not sure I agree with that, but I have no reason to I guess the I guess some of the reason I would disagree with that is because I feel like their arcs are not opposites, you know? Like, well, I guess, like, Anne is learning to gain more agency of her life and, and make her own decisions, and Sasha is learning 
has to learn to let go of power and sometimes let go of agency. I guess that is a foil to them, huh? Because because then that comes back in three B, right? Because Anne has gained agency throughout three A and learned to like live her own life undefined by them. Now, and then like Sasha, who used to take away Anne's agency, comes back to her. And now they're like at this point equilibrium, but they still have to like talk to each other. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like that's that's a dynamic of of them being foils. I never thought about and i guess i still don't agree but i think there's definitely something there does that make sense am i like no no I'm, I, right now no i mean i totally get it. I, I think it's because when you step back and you do look at the series as a whole i think like yeah i i feel like they're you know quote unquote foil relationship i, I feel like yeah it's definitely at its strongest in season one and season two because it, and now i don't know it really just felt like they were doing Awful mean girl who refuses to grow versus former mean girl who's actually just trying to get better. Like it really, it really did feel like that for at least for me back then. It really did feel like that when I was going through season one and season two. But yeah, I think like yeah, when you step back and look at the series as a whole, you can really just say Sasha. Oh, I mean, it's more like she just had to really lose everything to really understand what the consequences were for her actions, right? Like, I feel like, yeah, you could just step back and just say, like, oh, no, that's just a simple, um, I don't know, you could say, like, oh, that's just how her arc went, you know? That doesn't necessarily mean she's Anne's foil, because, like, yeah, in season three, it's, like, in season three, I don't think there's much going on between them besides the fact that they just need to, like, you know, make up and then, um... Work together. Yeah, yeah make up and work together, yeah, because it's it's it's... Because it's like, yeah, they don't have like, the same like like hero villain relationship. Because because by season three, right, like the villain cast has changed yeah. a lot. You know, like it's it's not like it's not like the girls versus the girls. Like no 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 no. It's it's like it's more like the girls versus like this like robo AI god thing and like the cyborg dude. Like you know what I mean? Like it's. It, it's a little like different, you know, because like the like like season three has to like oh man, I'm going to season three talk, but like it it'll, it'll make sense. It connects here because like season <laughs> three is like <laughs> is like naturally setting like all their foils up in the story, right? Like oh like Andy Anne and Andreas, like you know that's obvious, right? Why when Olivia Unes shows up, you know, right? Like. And also, like, by the core in the king, you know, oh, okay, Sasha is the core is Sasha's foil. Like, I see, because the manipulation and shit of Andreas, right, right, right. And then, like, with the core, with Marcy, it's like, oh, like, Marcy's escapism is, like, a fun reflection of the core's immortality. Like, Marcy uses the box to escape from reality and to, like, stay in a world of, like, internal joy forever and ever. Like, the newts in the core would actively use the core to do the same thing. It was a way to escape the inevitability of death. Marcy used it to escape change. They both use those things to escape change in their lives, just in different ways. I probably should have saved that take for Olivia and you. Whatever. <laughs> but like, yeah, like, I don't know, like, like season three is naturally setting it up. But then like, I don't know, season two, I guess I never thought about like, Sasha and Anne, like, it, Sasha being, like, 
an antagonist for Anne, like, to enough to be her foil, that makes sense. Like, it doesn't feel like season two is, like, setting it up throughout the entire season. We're going to have this, like, well, I guess they are setting it up when they reach a two college, but it's not the same, like, thing. You know what I mean? There we go. It's not the same as, like, when we get to, like, all in and shit, you know? So, yeah. No, I think that's like an actually super way in- interesting way of saying it. Just because it's like, yeah, I don't know, just the idea that yeah, season three is setting up Anne and Sasha's respective foes. But yeah, because I I love saying like, oh, Andrews is always Anne's foils and they want, but like we didn't get the full picture with the big guy until the end of season two. So I meant then like yeah, season yeah. three it just basically builds up him. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, they, yeah. You can really argue that Anne and Andrew sort of go on opposite journeys across season three until finally, you know, we get the all in and the hardest thing. But like, yeah, I don't know. It really is interesting. Yeah, I don't know because because like a lot of what fuels their conflict in season one, and season two, is the fact that they're wrapped up in a big conflict that originally had nothing to do with them, right? Just because like the whole thing with the box, like this is. So, I don't know. So, it really is interesting to think about how, after all the secrets of the box were unveiled, like, everyone who had anything to do with it that was unveiled come season three, it's, yeah, it's really interesting to think about how that went along with the status quo changing, right? Just, you know, who were the actual enemies each of the girls had to face? Like, that's, that's actually, because, yeah, that's actually a damn interesting thing to think about. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to save I unleashed some of them, but I have a lot to say about that once we get to season three. But we'll, we can keep, we can go into Barrels of Warhammer. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no worries. Like, it's good to get, like, all this, like, Sasha and, like, foil kind of discussion out before yeah. season three. Because, like, that's when it kind of, like, that's when it all kind of changes. But it, it's yeah. nice to have, like, because Impact, like, you, when you came on during season three, it's just nice to have your kind of, like, I can I can I can tell your perspective is a lot different from Nick and I. So it's just it's just interesting to hear you guys. Yeah, no, yeah, it. yeah. And like going into this like episode, like Sasha you was immediately kinda of like triggered at the idea of like Anne and of, of the other hummus, <laughs> of the other hummus <laughs> getting along without her, like <laughs> um, that was like a joke that the toads like they called humans hummus. Um yeah. <laughs> that was funny. And again, we're kind of like seeing like the toad rebel like the frog rebellion kind of becoming also or maybe inspiring a toad rebellion in a way. Yeah. And that's this is when we yeah. kind of like learn about like the four towers and Grime is kind of like the. It seems like Grime's position was in charge of like Frog Valley, basically. So I want to say like he might have had like the hardest job, where he had to like look after maybe like the. The hub, of the frog species in this world. It's crazy to think that it was just him and a couple of, of toads in this tower though. Like like I know Frog Valley isn't like the biggest place ever, but like I don't know. Like it's like 
the hub, like like what you said, Thumb, like the hub of the frogs. Like he has to like Grime needs to carry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like yeah. he, he has to carry. Like, like what what are the other toads doing? <laughs> you know, like I actually want to know like what <laughs> what were they doing? Like, I don't know. It's it's interesting to think about because like we don't really get a lot of toad culture in the show though like i do think like like grime is like our way to get it you know what i mean like he'll give us like stuff about like like um like what is it in the dinner like the the random ass cake (laughs) or like the 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 toad traditions and like the toad challenges and like um and grind's pupil and stuff grime is our chance to do that which it's funny because like Sasha never knows any of them. <laughs> Sasha doesn't know any Toad stuff, but yet she's living with them. That's so weird. <laughs> like, like I feel like Marcy knows Newt stuff. You know what I mean? But like, and Anne knows Frog stuff. But like with Sasha, like she never has any clue about it. But, but whatever. Like, <laughs> it's kind of funny to think about. But like, yeah, I don't know. Like Grime. Grime having to carry for the rest of like Amphibia, like, and he was like bad at his job too. Like, maybe that was why so much stress. You know what I mean? Like, he's got to handle all of Frog Valley by himself. You know, so I'm not saying poor Grime, by the way. He's still an asshole. <laughs> I was about to say I, that's just so funny because I was literally about to say poor Grime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um. We get the whole Barrel the Brave legend. And at the time, we didn't know that the the Toad and Andrus's group, or Andrus, the tree, the old, the OG trio, like, we all kind of just assumed that he was Barrel. And then I'm glad that was the case. And it's just interesting how, like, Barrel's Barrel's hammer or Warhammer was such seemed like a really common tool in like the olden days, but here it's like it it's a legendary weapon. Yeah. Unimaginable power. And that sort of shows you the scale or like Again, like the passage of time and how all these old relics are were kind of like just simple like tools back during Amphibia's golden age, quote unquote. Yeah, and like I think with it too, because like when when watching Barrel's Warhammer, it's obvious that like the technology for this is really different. Like there's like rockets and stuff. It's like powering up pink. Which I think what there's so many theories that like Sasha was gonna get like her calamity powers like off that or something. Like forget exactly how people mentioned it, but like like there were still powers in the hammer, you know, like when she drained it in the temple, but like some of it is still in the hammer to use. It's weird that like we I guess like we never got a full explanation of why, like, Sasha's powers, like, powered the, the hammer. Like, 
Wait, well, I mean, does it really need an explanation? I don't know. I don't so, know. It's like, it's it's a weird thing, like, with it. Where, like, because, because, like, Beryl's able to, like, power it up, like, regular. Like, it's not pink in the Corinna King, right? But, like, then it is pink in Beryl's Warhammer. So, like, it's probably Sasha's power powering it up. But, like, then it's, like, a permanent aspect to it. So, I don't know, like. Cause what, it's a weird thing. Because what I kind of assume is that in the Golden Age, the box powered everything, including like all the smaller stuff, and that's with all three gems. So, oh, maybe everything once everything trickles down, like RGB white light. Maybe it's a generic color since it's coming from like a unified energy source. Here it's just receiving power from Sasha. So Sasha's gem powers. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, because like, I guess like, it's kind of funny like like Barrel having to like go to sleep and like charge up his hammer, <laughs> <laughs> like like an iPhone. <laughs> I don't know. I just find that funny, <laughs> but like. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Like, they probably would have to just because, like, like in Amphibia, like ancient Amphibia had like a ter- terrible economic system. Like, it was based upon one object that could easily be lost. Like, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. <laughs> like, <laughs> to be honest, but and then like as soon as it leaves, they have no plan. Like, they just give up. They just wait for it to come back. But anyway, anyway. That's a going to King Talk, but <laughs> like, yeah, it. <laughs> that's a good point, though. I never thought about like the hammers were probably just charged by like powers of the of the three gems, so it would just be like white. You know what I mean? So, though, like, I I would like if it was like rainbow or something, but I guess you know, white works too. I guess. <laughs> so. And. The Percy and Braddock stuff. It's just Ooh. that stings. Like I mean, <laughs> because because <laughs> you get all these cameos and then Matt's like, nah, Sasha yeah. went too far. <laughs> we, 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 they they're not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Apothecary Gary. Yeah, he's coming back. Barry. Yeah, he's getting back. Coming back. Tritonio. Yeah, sure thing. Anne's blue sword, of course. Percy Bragg, nah, Sasha went too far. No, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> I don't know. Like I like. I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like I, Percy I like Bragg. I, I yeah. hate it, but I, I like it. <laughs> like you're not supposed to like it. That's yeah. the idea. You know, I mean, that's good. <laughs> and I think. You know what you said earlier, impact about kind of like Marcy maybe just kind of ignoring Anne because she knows best. It kind of happens here too with Sasha and Percy and Braddock, where Sasha's just like, Oh, oh you yeah. guys want to bail? Just you know, do the ko- kawaii, not kawaii, kawaii. Uh, the anime, I think it's look- kawaii. Oh, okay, kawaii look, and and we'll leave. And she's like, Nah, <laughs> we're not going. We're not, we're not turning back. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a great character beat for Sasha because she's actively trying to be like, 
nice to them. Like, I didn't think, like, Sasha's not manipulating Percy and Braddock right now. I don't get that vibe. Like, maybe that's just me. Like, like, yeah, yeah. Like, she's, like, being like, no, like, we'll we'll leave if you guys are, like, scared. Like, I got you guys. Like, she's trying to be that, that good friend who, like, helps... Who helps her friends in need when she when they need her the most, right? That's a big thing about Sasha is that she was Anne and Marcy's protector, right? When they were in trouble, when they needed her, she would always be there. And I think what's so interesting about Sasha as a character is that she also has this like contradiction of like she wants power, she wants to maintain like control, right? And there's like this almost like divide between the character and, and Barrow's Warhammer. Because, like, one thing to keep in mind about, like, Sasha's relationship with the Toads and the Frogs is, like, it's also a reflection of of Sasha's relationship with Anne and Marcy, too. Like, like again, like, Mar- Anne would, bleh, Sasha would always protect Marcy and Anne from harm, right? And always would help them out when they needed her, right? Sometimes a little too much, <laughs> you know, where, like, they aren't making their own decisions. And Sasha, what's the word? Like, I think after a little while, Sasha trying to maintain the status quo where Marcy and Anne needed her inadvertently kind of made uh, made Sasha a lot more controlling for the both of them. I see a lot of, like, takes of Sasha where, like, it's always, like, her parents must be why she wants power. But, but it's, like... I feel like the thing with Sasha and Marcy is that their motivations are clearly baked on the relationship. Like, like Sasha's want for power comes from Marcy's codependency of her. Sasha was so used to being their protector, their hero, right? That sometimes she would try to maintain the status quo that would also make it so that Marcy and Anne always relied on her. And how does she do that? She uses her uses power. She uses control over others in order to maintain it. And it also makes Sasha kind of lose her way a bit because now she's not being that, like, that protector friend that, like, Marcy and Anne need the most or, like, what Percy and Braddock need now. Her want for power is ultimately stopping her from, like, being a good friend to other people. She's being selfish, right? She's... What's the word? Sasha's, like, want to be the protector to the friend group is ultimately, like, not to be nice to Marcy and Anne, but it's her own, for her own selfish desire, like, of ultimately, like, having importance to them, if that makes sense. Sasha's want for power is inherently selfish. There we go. Like, and so, like, when she has the choice to either play the protector role she's supposed to be to Percy and Braddock or have power, she chooses power. You know what I mean? And like, I don't know, there's there's something interesting with that, with with that like thought process in the character, you know, like of Sasha having to kind of choose that she want to be does she want to maintain the status quo of the relationship previously with Anne and Marcy by maintaining power over them? Is using her power to maintain that toxic status quo worth keeping? Or is she willing to let go of power and, like, be the person who she should be, if that makes sense? So, like, it's it's a kind of a fun beat for Sasha's character, Bale's Warhammer. Because, I don't know, like, I've never seen people, like, have, like, Percy and Braddock 
like be a reflection of Anne and Marcy's like separation of her. You know what I mean? So it's 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 different. Not different, but like it's it's interesting. There we go. That's it. Yeah, thank you, Impact. And that that kind of also covers like the flashback for the third temple as well and a lot of the conflict going on between going on there too. And wait, one more thing. Yeah. One more thing. I think this is just like completely my experience when I was watching on Disney Plus. So I had no clue this was a Stasha episode. When coming into this, I thought it was like so because we were doing the whole Zelda temple thing, I thought like Barrel's Warhammer was like a weapon Anne and Marcy needed to like get her something to like access the third temple or whatever. <laughs> or something like that. Like so like Sasha episodes are like jump scares because I don't know when they're gonna show up. Because I don't keep in mind, like I don't have the trailer, right? I don't have any oh, information okay. about what's gonna happen. So I'm like Holy shit, this is a Sasha episode. No way. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> they just get to like jump scare me, which is great. But like, yeah, I, I thought it was going to just be like Anne and Marcy getting like a weapon to access the third temple. Kind of like how, like, you know, in Zelda, you have to like get certain weapons to access certain puzzles and things like that. I thought it'd be the same thing. So I don't know. Like, Sasha jump scares are, are funny. <laughs> Like, I'll never get that again. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I always wonder what my reaction would have been, like, in 3D when, like, we get a whole season of her. <laughs> but, yeah, like, that's it. I just want to add, that, add on to that. Okay. And I think, like, last point I want to bring up for Barrel's Warhammer is just the, uh, the every dream has its price quote. Like, mm. we kind of, we, we, Everyone refers to this moment for the line, but technically, the similar line was said in uh, a caravan named Desire. By <laughs> Renee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but yeah, like Grime is saying it here too. Like this kind of became the show's. Like. Like a kind of iconic line. Like, really? Like, I'm, like, a lot of fans, I remember kind of, like, going back to this moment just because of, like, how, like, it kind of summed up a lot of true colors with in relation to Marcy, which we, we can get into later. Yeah, like, it, it also, like, sums up, like, Andreas and, um, like, like, this is a whole theme with, like, Andreas, Marcy, Sasha, Hop Hop, you know what I mean? Like, it's a yeah. whole theme of... I think Matt that. described it as, like, a thematic through line. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... Interesting. Because I remember just reading analysis about how, like, people would always kind of, like, find a way to, like, incorporate this quote into stuff when when they start like talking about like breaking down their analysis of characters and theories but i guess we can go on to bessie and michelangelo is an s-tier episode 
<laughs> that's all. That's <laughs> like in retrospect, I just want to quickly bring up Michelangelo wasn't forgotten. Still a member of the family, or not is a member. Like I like how the show didn't forget about him, and they they were surprisingly like serious about integrating him into the family. That was a nice thing, and. Bessie having like a little family portrait in her in her barn, like I know this isn't too much retrospective stuff. It's just like they had a photo of Anne kind of like tacked on, which is nice. And then I don't know, it was just, it was cute. It was a cute episode. <laughs> and then also we had the Anne stuff, her getting yeah getting her armored, getting her like armored plate that just you know oh go ahead impact. no i was gonna say oh, like, no, no, it's no. kind of iconic like and getting it just it's so like i know Anne's like school uniform is kind of like the outfit she's had for like most of the series but like it's just and technically didn't wear the armored like the breastplate for too long, but it's just yeah, it's like iconic for her, <laughs> which makes sense. Yeah. Like... And again, I'm gonna hold off of like the and reflecting. <laughs> I feel like okay. I feel like the, these last few episodes, you're gonna hear me kind of like vent for a bit. Not vent, but <laughs> it's stuff I think, I've been. Um... It's. We'll talk about the first, the third temple first, like before I start talking about that stuff. Um, actually, no, we can kind of start off the third temple with it. It's like they start the episode for Bessie and Michelangelo packing the wagon. To Wait, Tom. I wanted to like. I was oh, actually going to try to mention something. Yeah, go ahead. Impact. Bessie and Michelangelo. Yeah, I. I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to like be like, oh, Marcy secretly evil, my guy. Like, this isn't like a Marcy subreddit take. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying, like, <laughs> what I'm, what I'm, <laughs> what I'm saying is like, I don't know. Like, Marcy, like, I always find it interesting. Marcy's like, hey, Anne, like, don't you want to get like some new like clothes? And Anne's like uh maybe uh i don't know and then marcy's like ah oh, cool awesome we're gonna get you some new clothes like let's go baby like i didn't and didn't even agree to it <laughs> you know like and like they still talk about it like Anne's like uh oh, like i don't know like these these duds have been doing me pretty good so far but then marcy is like oh, don't you want to like live the fantasy role play like she's been doing like you're out like Newtopia, right? I don't know. Like, I always found out that was an interesting exchange between them. Like, Marcy didn't like ask Anne, like, "Hey, do you want to get some new clothes?" Before asking Bernardo to show up, she did it and then went like, "Hey, Anne, like, Bernardo's gonna give you some new clothes." Anne's like, "What? I didn't agree to that." <laughs> and then like, then she tries on some new ones and it just doesn't work out. You know, I like, I don't know. I, I love that Anne like gets armor, but it's not like the same way like Marcy and, and Sasha do. Cause they like, like, 
embrace the world of Amphibia a little more than Anne. Yeah, they show up with, with like their outfit. Yeah, like Marcy and Anne look like they're they're in like Game of Thrones, and Anne's got like her like funny looking armor, like with the school uniform. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, like I don't know. I always found that exchange interesting because, like, I think like a day at the aquarium, right? Like when Marcy and Marcy and Anne like both want to go home, but they sort of love Amphibia for different reasons. Like Anne loves this world for the relationship she's built. So she loves it for the planters, right? And Marcy isn't, I'm not saying Marcy doesn't care about like, actually, I don't even need to mention it. Like Marcy cares about this world for its lore, for its like history and like the adventure side of things. You know what I mean? Like that's what she cares about. And that's where they're sort of dividing in that episode, right? Anne wants to be with the planters. She wants to go with them. But Marcy's like, nah, like, Anne, you can just say goodbye and, like, you can just stick with me. You know, like, we don't need to be with them. Like, we're, we're good. And, like, that's not me, like, trying to be, like, antagonistic towards Marcy there. Like, I, I, Marcy still, you know, doesn't want to separate the planters. You know what I mean? But, like, her want for Amphibia, her love of it is very different. And this comes back to Bessie Michelangelo, right? Marcy's like trying to get Anne into the role play, the fantasy, the lore of Amphibia, right? To get into what she wants, uh, um, what she loves about this place. She's trying to project that onto them. And keep in mind, like, I think the fandom never connects this thought sometimes because the show is actively hiding, like, this information from you a bit, like, in True Colors and Beginning of the End. So, like, you're not really getting, like, what is Marcy trying to do, you know? But she's trying to get Anne to enjoy her version of Amphibia and what she loves about it. And, like, it's just a subtle part of season two that you don't know about until you get to the end of the show. Like, you're watching a different, like, you're watching a very different friendship. Like, a lot of Marcy, I think, and this isn't, like, a jab at, like, fandom content. I think sometimes Marcy gets, like, sanitized a little bit like do y'all know what i mean like like it 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 gets like some of it like some of the nuance gets taken away you know like like i don't know like again like this isn't like one of those like ah marcy's secretly evil or something tank (laughs) you know like this is like this is like this marcin is also toxic too it's just different it's not abusive like sachan but there is a problem with the relationship that Marcy and Annie can't figure out until the end of the piece. You know what I mean? And like that nuance to Marcy is important to Marcy's arc. Like it's important for Marcy to consider the wants of others because sometimes she forces her will upon Anne and Sasha and she's doing it throughout the show. I don't know. Just interesting that that exchange always like makes me think. That's all. All right, thank you, Impact. Um, and yeah, what I wanted to talk about for like Messi Michelangelo, like it's kind of it's kind of a rant. It's I I know Nick wanted me to kind of like elaborate more about my thoughts on the Temple Quest, and I feel like the mode where they're packing for the wagon, like they're packing the wagon even though they're just going to take Joe Sparrow. Like, 
it kind of bothers me because <laughs> it's like I know Joe Sparrow was meant to kind of like condense the travel time and get, getting us to the temples on time to set up for season three. But it's like I was always so like I like the show has this like journey with the planners together and I like I, I that's what I like about the show. That's the aspect of the show that I like and in the planners on this adventure together. And having the temple quest kind of just transport us to these temples and kind of like avoiding like we we mentioned this earlier we want to see it would be nice to kind of see the rest of amphibia like what we saw from Wartwood to Newtopia was a large chunk of amphibia but wasn't all of it like we didn't see much on the on the east or the west or the north side except for, for Except when we're dropped, airdropped via Joe Sparrow onto these places for the temples. Like, I'm fine with that. But when we have episodes like... The Wartwood episodes, which I still, like, I still enjoy them. And, you know, in the end, maybe all this I'm talking about is, like, very, like, much maybe less about the show itself and more about what I want out of the show. And I'll admit, like, that that is a little bit what I'm kind of, like, rambling on about. It's just that I wish we got to see more Amphibia since this... Sh I went into the season kind of, like, expecting, like, a journey through Amphibia to visit these places and not just going, like, from point A to point B and then coming back to Warwood for a bit. It's like... I wanted to see more of these episodes of them just like traveling through the world and meeting the people. So then when you have like episode like Messing Michelangelo where they're just like packing the flag in, even though I know it's like I'm not gonna see any of the like the journey, I'm just gonna see the destinations. That's what kind of in retrospect. Like it bothers me, but in retrospect knowing that this was all kind of condensed for Earth to kind of, like, complete the circle of, like, Anne with the planners in Phibia and then the planners with Anne on Earth, I can accept it. But then we have, like, stuff like the town, the towny episodes. It makes me wish we got to see just, like, a little bit more of Amphibia, like, more Toad stuff maybe, like, just more new places. But yeah, that's just that's just my thoughts on the temple quest and how it's more just like a temple destination. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. You... <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like I feel like I've just like countered like the final villain <laughs> with that laugh. No, no, no. It's funny. Just the. Fucking temple destinations. That made me laugh. That, that was really okay. That, 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 all right. No, I think that's like a great way to because I didn't re even realize all of that. But yeah, it really because the temples already felt like 
like like what's yeah, the word? Like like just like a artificial. like an afterthought. Yeah, artificial. Yeah, artificial and afterthought because we all knew what they were for. Like they were there for that maximum drama between the characters, setting up uh you know stuff for true colors, setting up stuff for seasons. Like that, that's the temple. That's what the temples were for. And yeah, I guess like yeah, looking back, yeah, I guess it does feel. And I'm waiting for impact to it come feels like back. betrayal. I'm waiting for oh, impact to come back before I start to like elaborate more on each of the temples. But yeah, like that was just my general kind of like yeah. <laughs> feeling yeah. about it. Yeah, no, I mean like Yeah. Like when you said that it really makes you think. Because yeah, it, I feel like yeah, you could tell the show is really just mainly focused on like the last bits of development they needed to squeeze out of the girls in season two and just setting up drama and the temples they're already an afterthought but now it's like huh you know you know what i mean now it's like how much an afterthought were the temples and i think like the fact this is also a season of adventure i i'll, I'll say this i think i feel like this is also where like amphibia really feeling like it's like two different halves of a story shoved into like one season it's like i think that's where it benefits it because it's like i i i guess you are going to look at season two as a whole instead of just looking at a two-way tv but like i don't know i I guess it's like of 2b i guess you do get a sense of like the massive journey slowing down but it's also just like i don't know man we also have these temples and yeah calling them the temple Temple destination, <laughs> like so long as the temple quest is the temple destination. I think that I mean, I was like, I feel like that's an apt like comparison. Like that, that is that's a solid metaphor, man. But that's like I can't even disagree. Like, like, like the episodes we got out of them, all A grade material, like great stuff. I liked all of them, but yeah, shoot. Yeah, I feel like the yeah, the adventure really does the sense of adventure it really just does feel empty at that point. And I feel like it was easy to ignore just because again, you know, just the trio stuff. Like the trio, they're finally all going to be in the same episode. Um, we're getting some lore bits. Like it was just really easy to ignore the fact that like, yeah, that sense of adventure kinda died. Like it, it was done. It was done after the Utopia arc. And, like, at least yeah. once we got to Utopia, it's, like, we still had episodes of them, like, exploring the city and, like, interacting with the people. Yeah. Here it's, like, and even the trip to Utopia, it's, like, they're stopping at places, meeting people, even even though we did have episodes where they're kind of, like, in the wilderness, like, doing their own thing. But with the temples, it's kind of, like, they're they're all, it makes sense that they're isolated from, like, civilization. It's like we just go from Warwood and then we're there, and like, <laughs> and like it does kind of feel like we're checking off boxes and in like an itinerary, and like in a, when we're traveling to like another country. And I I know like Amphibia is like inspired by like Matt's time in Th- in in Thailand. Yep, but it's like I really liked showing the drive there, like you know, like the drive from like point A to point B and like interacting with like the with the locals and learning about them and okay impacts back and like in 
in the temple destinations, it's just like we don't really have that kind of like we're not really immersed in the journey, just the destination. Yeah. And like I know I know we haven't gone into like the third temple yet, but it's like as like you go through each temple, it's like they're trying less. Like the first the first temple, it's like, you know, the traditional <laughs> it's it's the traditional like oh temple. The second temple, like, it's a bit more abstract, but it's still like it's still kind of interesting, like where you have to they're searching for clues to like how to enter and, and where to go. And then, like the third temple, I know it's they're not even trying. <laughs> and I know it's like kind of like the point of the third temple, where it's more about like, okay, the third, the third temple's like message felt kind of met to me, because it's like Marcy need to like learn humility. Yeah, like it, no, I agree with that. I, I mean, it does come back. It does come back, though. Like the whole persistence thing with Sasha, it does like yeah. never giving up, no matter what. That does come back in like in the Darcy fight, though. Like it, that's something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. I will, I'll go give it that. Yeah, right. it, it is a little. Got a dub. Okay, I shouldn't say like that. The girls, like the message each temple had. It's like the first temple was a bit about humility, and then. Like yeah. Marcy had to learn that. The second temple was more about like just being like a good person. And then we can see Anne kind of like does it flawlessly. Like she she passes all the tests because like we know she's grown to that point. And then Sasha's is just like like she didn't like perseverance wasn't something that she needed to acknowledge because she always yeah. ends up doing it. So it's like, it didn't feel as like like completing the temple didn't feel as like rewarding as it did for the other two. And that kind of just like it felt like the temple episodes kind of like like they're they're all like good episodes, just they didn't really hit. It just it felt like we weren't ascending with them as we were getting closer to completing the box. It felt like it was just like a checklist. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, no. Like I feel like yeah, you're. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like I can't even disagree. Like I'll admit, yeah, I feel like they they definitely try to plus up these episodes as best they can. I mean, they made them as best as they possibly could. But, but yeah, I think it, 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 it really is... I don't know. It's... And it doesn't help that the first temple was like a half hour. And yeah. I get why. No, because, no, yeah. because like we had like the end hop-off stuff. But just like having the, sec- the first temple being like half hour special made it feel kind of like significant. And then, like, the other yeah. temples were kind of just, like, like, the half hour, like, the, the, the ten minute, which is fine. It just felt like an odd 
choice. Not an odd choice, because I understand why the first temple was a half hour, but it just it sticks out when you see the first temple is like half hour and then the other two are ten minute special. Ten minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. No, I was I was gonna make a joke. They were sounding like the um angry and severe fans and they're like, Why is it so 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 I'm drugging? But no, I feel like it's just, <laughs> I, 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 I feel like the elephant in the room is just that like it's like it's weird. Because I was gonna bring this up before actually. I feel like because I mean let's be honest, after it does feel like because we never really got to understand what the temples were for, how it connected everything. It really does feel like the temp it really does feel like the temples were just made as a preliminary step before we got to like Andreas and the core as like the main, you know, like the main driving forces of season three. Like it really does like looking back, just being honest, it really it does feel like something, you know, made after they already had all their ideas set up for both the core, the Andreas and the box. They're just like, okay, uh, we need something to tie all these things together. Like because it's just like the templates. Uh, it's like it's something we wait. get to because it's just like 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 oh just check it out. Because like as soon as we're done with the temples, we immediately hop over to Andreas and the core. And I thought this kind of connects to what you're talking about, how we don't really it's like a, it's like a checklist like we don't really explore amphibia anymore after we get back like it's it's it really was because there really just isn't much yeah you know, honestly yeah yeah there really just isn't not much stories left to tell on amphibia at that point like it's just like we were just a step away you know, by amphibia i mean the world by the world like again not the show the world but like yeah we were a step away from just finally getting to know everything that Andreas and the core were planning, honestly, like, looking back, like, and like, seriously, as soon as we're done with the temples, we just hop into it, like, it was like, all of season three is just about those two, like, there's nothing wait, else wait. from Amphibia. So... I guess except old faces. I, I'm a little, so, I, I'm a little confused, so, like, are we saying, like, because, I mean, the temples do connect, wait, wait, because we okay, I'm I'm a little confused. Because we do know wh- how the temples connect to the prophecy, like, right? Like by all in, yeah. You know we, what I we mean? Know like that they were like, created as like a a way for the chosen ones to the kind girl. of back, yeah, the girls to back out of their prophecy. Yeah, yeah, and a way to make sure the gems were in the right hands, right? No, no, but, like, like, uh, like I thought that was the idea, like no, because, like, remember, like. I, I'm like, okay. Like the gem, so like the like original the temples, purpose, like the original prophecy is like the girls have these powers and they're going to feed an evil. Yeah. The, the temples, if they want to back out. Yeah, the temples aren't part of the, the prophecy. They're kind of just like, oh, okay. But if you if you're not interested in this, then you go here to get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's like, what's so weird. Like, it feels uh, it feels weird. Like, <laughs> like, but like. The trials are there to make sure that the gems don't go into the wrong hands, though, right? Yeah. I thought that was the idea. Because, like, remember, like, the core can't act, like, no one can access the power of the gems through the girls. It's only through the gems. So, like, the temples are designed to, like, okay, like, 
we're gonna let you guys leave but like we have to kind of make sure that like once we give you guys back the gems no bullshit's gonna happen but Andreas and Nakora changed things by by not giving them that information. The girls think that's their way, that's their only ticket of leaving Amphibia. So, like, what's the word? Like, they don't know what the gems are being used, what the temples are, are designed for. So it's such, like, they're, they're going to give the gems and the box to the wrong people. They always thought that was the idea. Like, it was to make sure that the gems were in the right hands. But if you don't have that information, then, like, you wouldn't know that. You know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't know they're a wrong hand if those wrong hands hid information from the girl. So I I always thought that was the idea. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm right about that, right? Like, that's that, that was my head canon for it. Like... So. Like I'm not, I'm not entirely sure because it's like the only reason Marcy and Sasha were able to get their powers back in the end was because Anne was still connected to it. Yeah, and it's like that's. It seemed like it's like all the girls passed the temple quest, but Anne still had her powers because it's like. It felt like the temples were like, okay, like keep in mind, you can do all this. It's like, it's so weird. It's like, if you fail, you still keep the powers. Me, bro, this is what I'm getting at. This is what I'm getting at. This shit's convoluted. Like you, you see, you guys can't even like, you guys can't clearly explain this. That's what I'm talking about. Like, like this is what's so weird with the temples looking back. It's like, how do they? Like, because it's so weird. It's like, wait, you want to give up your powers, but you have to do this trial by fire to do this? Like, you can die. <laughs> like, these people can die on their way to give up these powers. Like, this is what's weirding me. This is what's like, like, you look at what I mean. Like, this, this is what's confusing me because it's like, I, I was waiting for some clever tr- twist. So clever ass was to come out and like explain why it was set up that way, but it never happened. And like, I, um, I, I don't. It's just it's just weird to me. It's just so. I, also, just like who built the temples? Who the temples? <laughs> that's that's a weird. Like, one. I think. <laughs> so I, I like the Olms built it or something because it's like. Yeah, or like, or, or like everyone something. built it. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's very weird because, like, I think, okay, like, I think the gem, like, the temples feel like they made. Okay, so did the gems make the towers? Like, huh? Did the gems make the the temples? Actually, no, but we know why couldn't couldn't have why couldn't God Domino have made them? I don't. At at this point, it's kind of like just like magic. (laughs) I, I don't. Like answer of who built the temple. Because even Anne asked that question in the journal, I'm pretty sure. Like, so it's it is a bit strange. I, I don't know. I didn't feel confused about it. Like Anne, okay, so Anne is able to give Sasha and Marcy their powers at the end of the story. That felt like that, like 
worked for me like that no, no i don't know that doesn't sound confusing i no, guess that, like it felt like that, that makes made sense because it's like they're all part of the prophecy and then Anne's still connected to it so it's like yeah 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 sure. so like i feel like all of it worked like like if you wanted the gems like because like you don't want the gems to fall into the wrong hands right like we don't want that to happen, you know. We got a whole season for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, you know. So the temples were kind of like, okay, like you guys want to go home, all right. But we can't like have the gems' powers just lingering around, you know. Like we have to make sure you guys are like worthy for it, so you guys are safe to keep them. All right, cool. Like you did the temples, awesome. Here's your gem get to leave get out of here awesome like that's how i thought that's how i rationalized it because like it felt like a fail safe to make sure no one else can get powers of the gems because like again like the core can't get and gem powers it doesn't know how to do it has no clue what the hell it's supposed to do like <laughs> you know this 1000 year old being is like fuck how do i get the power out of here. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's in and of itself is a fail safe like to the gems. You know what I mean? Like so like the temples felt like another fail safe like well not fail safe but like another security measure to be like all right make sure that like the gems are in a good place. Though I feel like if, if God Domino wanted to do that, why did he why didn't he dismiss the like <laughs> But like um, only accessible, like well, wait, no, that does that still does make sense because like he gave them, he gave mortals infinite power, and wanted to see what would happen if they can't <laughs> use it, then it wouldn't be a test. So like, so no, 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 that still works. I feel like so like, yeah. I feel like maybe we should just like focus on like the <laughs> the Anne and Sasha, like Sasha returning to the group. <laughs> aspect of the third temple because yeah i guess last point for me about the temples it's like now that we know like the temples were kind of like meant to be like this kind of like fail safe looking back at it in retrospect because there's no journey between visiting them there's not much for me to kind of like look back at Other than my kind of like confusion about it, <laughs> and of course, <laughs> and of course, like the self-reflection stuff. But I'll, I'll get into that for Battle of the Bands. Um, yeah. But let me just look at the list. Okay, so I guess Impact. You can. I know you're the Sasha fan here. You can. You can. <laughs> you can take us away on like you know Sasha returning to the fold and. She's yeah, the betrayals so, are happening again, but this time Sasha's having doubts about it. How does that look in retrospect? So I think for Sasha, like, so, all right, the dinner and the battle of bands are really interesting episodes for her arc. And I think, I think something with with her story is. So I've said it before, but Sasha's fundamental problem isn't just about control, it's how she uses that power. 
Sasha uses her power ultimately to maintain the status quo. It's to maintain the past of how the relationship used to be. And it's her having the inability to accept that past from changing. Battle of the Bands and the dinner are cool because the dinner, what it's exploring is Sasha is kind of learning to accept that like Anne has like grown and evolved as a person, right? In this <laughs> point, like it's it's a simple thing, but it's like Sasha is realizing, oh, like this relationship has changed. Like it's Marcy and Anna, like, hey, are have like these inside jokes that they never had before. Cause keep in mind, keep in mind about Marsan is like Marsan's has is the first time they haven't had Sasha in their life in a long time. Right? If you notice in their interactions, like Marsan, Marcy and Anna are like, how how do we make decisions about Sasha? And they're like, I don't know, dude. Like, like, oh, maybe we can actually do that or something. Like, we can? What? And then they do it for like you get the rest of the season, <laughs> you know? So, like, now, since because they've had, Marcy and Anna have had this bond with each other throughout the season, they're, they have these inside jokes. They've grown more independent. They've kind of been able to handle themselves more. And this is the point where Sasha is recognizing, like, has to accept, oh, this friendship is not the same. I don't need to keep protecting Anna all the time. Like, Anne was able to make, like, a plan on her own, like in the fight with the um, with the what 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 are the the hornets like names? I forget the 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 hornets from the the wear the mask cake in this episode that Grimes somehow made in like one day, and it's like a gigantic. I don't know how he did that. Whatever, like maybe Grimes like a cooking god for all I know, but like. Anyways, point is, is that, like, Anne at that point is, like, making a plan. She's, like, strategizing with Marcy and Sasha, like, how to beat the Hornets and, like, working together and such. It's a point where Sasha is recognizing, like, oh, like, Anne is really different. She can handle herself on her own. And then Battle of the Bands is the part two to this, where, like, it's now Sasha has accepted this. She's, like, Okay, so why am I here? Like, why, if Sasha doesn't have control over Marcy and Anne and can't tell them what to do, and Anne can make her own decisions without Sasha, like, why is she important to them? Like, this is, like, this is kind of that question. And weirdly enough, Toadie, out of all characters <laughs> in the show, like, is letting Sasha know, like, you cannot... Like, just because you think something is, like, best doesn't mean you can force that on your friends. And, like, sometimes it's just okay, like, to be there for your friends when you need them the most, right? Be there for your friends to support them and help them in their wants and desires. So it's Sasha playing a bit of support, you know what I mean? Like, instead of taking lead, like, she knows when to let that go a bit. And to, like, appreciate, like, instead of, like, trying to, like, in reunion, she's like, oh, my God, Anne has changed. Oh, no, this is bad. This is not good. Yada, yada. Like, we got to, I got to stop this from happening right now. Like, I got to keep this relationship how it used to be. Now it's Sasha realizing, oh, shit. Like, this friendship changing is making my friend happier and making her a better person. And I want to support that person. So it's, they're, they're fun beats in Sasha's character arc because, like, they're 
there are points where she is legitimately growing as a person, but then like she still is like, I want power and I want control. Yada yada, girl. Like, you know, she's still going with Grimes' stupid Newtopia plan. So like, it's Mars. It's not Mars. Sasha being like indecisive. You know, she's like, ah, uh, like should I should I betray them? Uh, but like the friendship's getting better. Uh, but like I want power or whatever. Like yada yada. And then like when True Colors shows up. You know, like Sasha's like, ah, like she tries to go back to how the friendship used to be. And Anne tells her, like, fuck off, you're a bitch. And then, like, Sasha, like, cries about it for, like, the whole of season three. That's it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh... <laughs> so, yeah that's, that's where Sasha's arc is at for these two episodes. So it's a, it's a fun character beat because it allows Sasha to just, like, she doesn't have to be, like, always doing stuff for the plot. She can just chill. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of a good thing about this, these last episodes where it's like, instead of like, we're going to the temple, then we're going to go to the other temple, then we're going to this temple, then we're going to get the the hammer for Girls Warhammer. Then, like, you know, like, we've been doing a lot of plot stuff. Like, these episodes are like, okay, let's just chill and, like, fuck around for, like, a little bit before stuff gets crazy in true colors, you know? So it allows Sasha to, like, bounce off the cast more, too, so. Yeah, it's a lot of fun stuff there for her story. I also think it's, like, important for, like, Marcy's arc, too, but, like, in a kind of a different way. But, yeah, it's fun stuff for her. Yeah, like, thank you, Rebecca. Like, I really like how Tony kind of teaches mm-hmm. Sasha to be a supporting character. <laughs> <laughs> and train her <laughs> to be a supporting character for, for 3B. And... <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, no but, but honestly though I, I really liked that like that recap of like these episodes like because it is a really like unique scenario for the show of like Sasha like interacting with the group and not like being antagonistic for like the conflicts I It's just a nice way, like, to slowly integrate Sasha into the group again. After everything that's kind of happened in, like, Reunion and... Yeah, ba- yeah, basically Reunion. Yeah, and even, like, their temple, too. Like, they, like Sasha and Ant still have beef. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, in that, like, in their temple, Sasha's like, oh, why don't you trust me? And, and like, come on, like, Anne doesn't owe you an apology. Like, you know, like, I don't know, I, like, I know I'm going to their temple, but, like, in that scene, Sasha's like, why don't you trust me? Like, I apologize. And it's like, dude, like, the fuck? <laughs> Anne don't owe you, like, uh, Anne doesn't owe you anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, like, Mar- Sasha just thinks that, oh, if I apologize, then everything will be okay. Like, no, like, you have to prove it to Anne that you've changed. Like, you have to show it through your actions, which is going to come back in 3B. You know, you can't just say, like, I'm sorry, and then, like, just move on. Like, and, like, forgiveness is not owed. You know, like, Anne doesn't have to forgive Sasha just because Sasha, like, said sorry. You know, like, which, like, like, a theme of forgiveness is, like, a fun, like, is a fun part of season 
three, but it's starting off in two. You know, like Sasha thinks forgiveness is like something that like you get by like something that you can just like get from someone. You know what I mean? Like not a choice they have to make. Like Sasha thinks because she did this and will do this. She must do this. She must forgive her. So it's, I don't know, like it's it's an interesting beat for their characters. So when you come to the dinner, right, it's about kind of reli- like relieving that tension and kind of Sasha realizing, oh shit, the friendship is different. Uh-oh, I'm not getting inside jokes anymore, you know? Which is like, I don't know, that's, it's, it's an interesting beat there. Also like the dinner's hilarious. Sasha and Grimes' like entire interactions with each other is great. Like Grime being like a dad and telling like <laughs> Sasha, like, hey, don't act up during dinner. Don't mention this conversation. Like, okay, like, all right, like don't don't act up. And then Mar- Sasha starts acting up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and then like, the planners act up even more. <laughs> yeah, and like like Anne is telling them, like, hey, chill, like, you know. Like, treat them well. Like, don't mention this topic. Like, don't mention Toad. Like, she doesn't say don't mention Toad Tower, but, like, I like to think she did. You know what I mean? Like, like the dinner is, like, one of those, like, awkward, like, Thanksgiving dinners <laughs> with, like, family. You know what I mean? Like, like they can't mention, like, this stuff. But don't bring up this conversation. Like, they're telling the kids to not act up. Like, <laughs> it's a whole thing. So, and yeah, like, the, the dinner is like, hilarious. I get I get, I, I get how the planners. Oh, Nick, I think your mic. Oh, my my mic. No, 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 you're fine now. Okay, but it's like I understand both sides about how people are thinking. Like the planners are a little too hard on Sasha, <laughs> and like okay, but yeah, but the planners try like they try to kill them like back in season one, but it's like, yeah. And, like, I'm, I'm a Planner fan, so, like, I'm trying to be, like, objective. But then, like, Hoppa, men- like, someone mentions, like, Sasha falling to her death. And, like, I think Hoppa mentions how, like, Anne, like, abandoned her closest friend for years for us, blah, blah. It's, like, the most, like, <laughs> brutal shit ever. <laughs> Yeah, like, the planters are, are savages. Like, <laughs> oh, I think Hoppa said like, oh, it's when Anne chose like Sasha, like chose o- us over Sasha, her like friend for like, her, life, yeah, her lifelong lifelong confidant, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> like, I know Hoppa did not have to do that. Like, yeah, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't have to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to be more, like, retrospective about it, but, like, is there anything you guys want to talk about for Battle of the Bands before I get into, like, Battle of the Bands, True um, Colors transition via N? Uh, I think, like, I'm not even, like, I don't know, like, for, like, a retrospective of the whole show... I do think Sasha, like, that being there for your friends when you need it the most is, like, I don't know. That's, like, a such a cool, like, thing that... I'm, I'll, I'll gush about, like, the Darcy fight again when we get there, but, like, I don't know. I do find it, like, poetic 
lot of poetic justice that like Sasha plays that role for Marcy at the end of the story and not Anne. Like, cause she's she's being that supportive role for Anne in this episode, but then she gets to play the support for Marcy in that fight. So I think I'll I think I'll save like all those takes when we get there. Cause like that that fight has a lot of poetic justice to it. But like, yeah, like that like aspect of Sasha is like also setting up that fight too. So that's it. Okay. And because I want to talk about Battle of the Bands, like specifically no big deal. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and Nick knows where I'm leading with this. It's like <laughs> it's like it's a very like heartwarming way for Anne to kind of like express her journey in Amphibia. But looking back at season 2B, this is kind of like a hot take. Like, I think that Anne, like in 2B, I think this is the weakest part of Anne's character in the show, in the series. Because... Ooh. Okay, alright. Here we go. <laughs> because, <laughs> like, a lot of the episodes in 2B are mostly about her, like, about her reflecting. Yeah. And the episodes where she... She does, like, provide, like, a lot, like, she is, like, she does provide a lot of, like, insight to other characters, but there's nothing really going on with her other than the self-reflection stuff of events that happened outside of 2B. With the exception of, like, the After the Rain drama stuff with Hop-Hop. And... It's some it's it's fine, like it's all it's all great stuff, especially with the second temple. And it's I... and, and it's it's nice that she it's I'm glad the show acknowledged it, but it just means that like because the season was focusing on other stuff, like I felt like with the exception of true colors, I feel like we can I'll, I'll get into that soon. It just felt like huh. Anne was just it, reflect. It was. Just, it felt like Anne was kind of just like. I don't want to say stagnant. But it's just like the wheels were turning, but she wasn't really going anywhere. Until True Colors. <laughs> and like, that's fine hmm. for the series, but just for Anne's character, it's just something that like, I noticed, or that's what I felt. About. And like, uh, I I think like, hold on, can I can I jump in? Or, uh, yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. Okay, so I think like, I don't know. I always thought of season two. I think I mentioned I mentioned this now. Yeah, like about like, and like discovering herself. Yeah, this is kind of a fun point where, because I think one thing to consider about and building confidence 
is recognizing she's building confidence, right? It's that ability to be like, oh, I have changed in Amphibia. I have developed and grown myself. Because the first, when season two first starts off, like Anne's like, I'm going to develop and become my best self. And like, I think Anne is recognizing, oh, like I kind of have become that already. It's sort of Anne like figuring out her own identity undefined by Anne and, and by Sasha and Marcy. You know what I mean? Like, because if she acknowledges that she's grown and she's developed, that adds to season three. Because now, like, because season three is like a fun point where Anne's like arc is like tested a bit. And Anne has to kind of question her own growth throughout the show. That only works if Anne recognizes and acknowledges her growth throughout the series. So I think season two is like a fun bridge between one and three. I can definitely see what you mean. I think like, I think like, hmm. Well, I don't know. No, I think no, I like do, I do agree with you. Like, it's just after after the rain. That's all I kind of see from Anne for like the second temple, yeah. Bessie Michelangelo, and Battle Bands. And I do like how it's kind of like. It's not repetitive. Like there's still like different things going on. Like, like Bessie, my yeah. Angel, It's it's about the like the outfit. Like it's about her like getting like the new armor piece and like the, it's a kind of like an upgrade while still like being herself. And then no big deals. Kind of like her like serenading Wartwood. And like all these moments like. Like, on the plus side, all these moments do feel earned and deserved. Yeah. It's just like, since this was kind of the only thing I was kind of getting from her, like, during this season, like, outside the, the After the Rain stuff, I just... Like, I'm not saying, like, this is, like, a flaw in Anne's journey i just feel like this is feel like feels like the less the least engaging part of it for me at least mm-hmm. i mean yeah i i yeah i've always been waiting to see like the full explanation on this and like yeah no I, I think um yeah no i absolutely see where you're coming from with this because yeah i feel like i'm definitely with it impact there's like enough variety between these moments to really make you feel like something is being built up because i feel like yeah you could make the argument that to be for Anne, it's this massive realization of her progress that's slowly creeping up on her until she gets to um you know battle the bands and yeah it does result in a lot of moments that don't feel like Two different from each other. One, I mean, like it's funny because I just said, like, yeah, they're, they they're all different, but it sort of does feel like the same impact in the end. But I, I, I will say, I do think, like, yeah, something. I feel, like, I feel like when you said like weakest, you might have meant that in like a different context, like sort of like yeah, they're like it's just like like weakest isn't like not bad, but it's just like the le- yeah, like you said, like yeah, the least engaging section of our journey. In the series, and like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess actually, 
No, like I, wait, wait. I do. I, I could throw my hot take. Keep oh, in mind, go ahead. I didn't. I didn't talk about True Colors yet, and I kind of want. Oh, okay. I, I kind of want to transition into it with Anne. Because okay, I, okay, all right, go ahead. I gotta take with that. Wait, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. On, on True Colors, I was. No, it was no, gonna. It was gonna be a different thing. Like it was gonna like. I don't know. Like it, it's slightly different. Than like this conversation with like Anne's arc in general, no, because you know, like I wanted to kind of bring up how like all these moments of kind of like Anne like self reflection, like the best comparison I can come up with is like in the Transformer comics, like after the war ends, Optimus is kind of like kind of not like he's kind of stepping back and isn't really like playing like a a huge he's not really like deciding this how the story goes like plays out and then like when you have like an event go down something like true colors like or okay going back to the transformers kind of connection it's like sh like shit hits the fan and then like Everyone turns to Optimus, and then Optimus immediately is like ready to like to like lead the charge. And it feels like with True Colors, like once everything, like once shit hits the fan, and is kind of like and's ready, like yeah, emotionally, like mentally, like she's she's ready. She has like she's already she's become a leader. And I, I know, like, we have Commander Anne, we're kind of like, what kind of leader is Anne? What kind of leader is Anne? Maybe not, like, the day-to-day, -day, but, like, but, like, on the field, something, like, True Colors happens, everyone's kind of, like, confused on what to do next, and, like, yeah, Anne immediately steps up, and she knows what to do, and I think that's what kind of, like, saves it like saves this part of her journey for me it's because like the payoff is so strong in the end that's that is a beat like that doesn't oh sorry Dom did I cut you off no, no I, I think I think I'm done just like just to kind of transition us into the true colors talk oh okay like that is a beat of Anne's character I feel like always gets ignored in true colors all the time like that scene of like and like like marcy's like crying on the floor like stasha's like looking towards her like she's like not sure what to do next like and sasha keep in mind like ex aunt tells Anne like hey like we gotta stop this guy he's crazy because sasha's tied up right now she can't do anything right in that moment when Anne is like the the chips are down everything is against the wall so Anne's like okay like right now we gotta focus on beat andreas beat this guy whatever the friendship okay we can handle that but like right now like what matters is taking out this big blue asshole <laughs> you know what i mean like I just said it like that. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. The yeah. stupid cyborg dude guy. Okay, yeah. you gotta think about. That's a big goal. That's interesting. That's a big character beat. God, I'm gonna quote that forever. But whatever. Like, like, it's it's a big character beat. Like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's a big character beat for her so like yeah and like i think it's just like something that's ignored when talking about her arc in 3a right because that's a fun transition to that point and it's like leading the charge in that season so like she does it in true colors and people are always like ha huh, true colors doesn't really change Anne's character I'm like, what <laughs> yeah, it did. Like that did that just happened. Like Mar and taking lead is like a major character beat. You know? So yeah. yeah. That's and I think on. like yeah. I this no, also sorry, you keep going. Yeah, keep going. My bad. <laughs> I was, I was reacting what you said. Oh, oh. No, no, Nick, you can go because I'm gonna draw another take for Anne out here, but you can go. Oh, I mean, honestly, I didn't really have anything to say. I was really just reacting to what you said. I was, I was like, I was like, damn. No, I, I just really like your guys' points because I, I, yeah, I'm only, like, yeah, personally, I never connected that. You know, just the idea of, and it's not even just agency. It's just her, because it is agency, but it's just like, you know, just that ownership, just that feeling of actually, yeah, leading the charge for once. Yeah, it, it is really interesting connecting that to sort of, um, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay late in the 3B talk, but just, yeah, like the hardest thing, just that moment where she has Sasha and Marcy return back to Amphibia and just, you know, have her take down the core. You know, it, it's, um, I don't know. It's really interesting to think about that. And, I, and, I, and honestly, well, I, I, I feel kind of ashamed because I, I never realized that. Like I was just like, oh, awesome, a cool hero moment for Anne. Like I was just like, let's go. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just like, I was just excited. That's I never really character. thought about the nuance. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a big character beat. And I think like I'm trying to think how I can articulate this point. So, that... oh, go ahead. Oh, thumb. No, no, thumb. You go because I have a different take. That's like going to be a different discussion. No, because like, like on the topic of like ownership for Anne, it's like. Because this whole, like, the second half of the season is kind of, like, like, the the quest is kind of, like, written out for them. And previously it was, like, kind of like pre previously it was, like, at least getting to Utopia and just season one in general. It's, like, Anne is kind of, like, Anne and, and the planners are just, like, doing their own thing. And then it comes... Here comes two B and kind of everything's mapped out for them. So Anne has like less agency in the plot. Other than like how her actions like affect it. But like here it's like like at least once Newtopia is under attack. Anne is kind of like taking like control of the plot. And especially later on in the episode where like when Anne is about to like hand over the box to Andrews, I I think I've mentioned this before. Like, I just this is one of my favorite shots of the show. Yep. Where like, oh, I, I, I need to go look. It's like 
Yeah, like I'm just I'm just gonna post in the chat because we all gotta like. Yeah, please, please. I'm like, it lives in my head rent free. Like, that is an amazing moment. It's, my God, it's like that tells you so much about like the show so far. Where it's like, Anne is the focus, and like the plot is in her hands, and she's like about to hand it over, like hand it off, and like, and you can the show is forever. Like, <laughs> God, you completely. That is fantastic. And you completely get how she got to this point. Like, yeah, I'll let you guys explain it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was so captivated by that. It's just a screenshot. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... <sighs> Shit, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll let Impact take it. I'm gonna let Impact take it. He's got a job explaining it. But, like, I just wanted to add, yeah, because when, when you, when you, yeah, because you guys just mentioning Anne taking charge and just like bringing back focus to the group and, you know, having them just drop the drama five seconds. Like, I don't know. It, it just, you know, brings it back to what we discussed earlier on just how part of all the terrible shit that happened to the girls was spurred on by the fact that they were caught up in this huge, massive, thousand years old conflict that had nothing to do with them originally so i think and, and it's just so interesting that all that's finally getting unveiled and it's and that finally breaks them free of that like though know, that that found, you know that, that brings agency to the rest of them sort of because i mean it's really because i think um this also just goes back to not that go back to something but like, i remember like um the season two I don't know when these episodes all released on Disney Plus. I don't know. There was like this one crew art um, drawn for it to celebrate that. And yeah, it was um, Anne, Sasha, and Marcy's sort of like. What are those kind of things called? Like the wind up dolls? You know, you know like the ballerina things on like a, oh. a set. Like you can wind them up and they'll dance for you. Yeah, it's that feeling of them being wounded up in this plot. They had no idea they were a part of it. Like it's. You know, it's so interesting that, like, you know, Anne wasn't just gaining her agency from her friend group, but also just from this huge, massive plot she didn't even know that she was a part of. Like, it's like, I don't know, I'm just realizing that now. Like, that's just such an interesting thing. Like, it gives that moment so much weight. Like, she's, damn, extremely well-written character, man. Like, there's, like, damn, like... Like y'all, it's there. Like she, she, that that wasn't just a moment of her breaking, of her breaking free of those two, but just like championing, championing on ahead from what they've been ensnared in since the beginning of season two. Because yeah, seriously, they were all playing right in Andrea's and the core's hands. But like, no, Anne's defying that now. So shit, you know that's good. That's good. But also, impact. Okay, okay, okay. Now that tickles like impact. You can go. You can elaborate on Thumb's point now. <laughs> So, like, yeah, like, this is a, this is such a big point in the show, because I think one thing to keep in mind about Andreas and the core is that they're simply just, like, ways to prey on, like, the toxic nature of the friendship. So, for Andreas's sake, right, he is able to manipulate Marcy and her, like, um, want to maintain the connection and play into a vulnerability of their relationship, right? So, Andreas and, like, the core, both of them, right, get to be these, like, 
wedges into their relationship and dynamic and like prey into like the toxic problems of it. So like when Andreas gives Anne the box, it's out of like this kind of three-way problematic issue of Anne not listening to Sasha and Anne choosing her own destiny and her own fate, but at the same time, not considering Marcy's like opinion and like her wants, no, what's the word? Like not listening to Sasha and ignoring like, and ignoring her word because of all the betrayals that she's had from Sasha throughout the relationship and Anne kind of learning to gain confidence of herself and stop believing in Sasha's like bullshit. And then Marcy, of course, is like this secret, like third player who's like also behind the scenes of everything that like she's the one leading the temple. She's the one leading them to Newtopia, right? Like, and Anne and Sasha are not thinking about that. And just like the audience, right? Just like the audience, we aren't really thinking about like, oh, like, like in the sense of like, um, how do I put it? Like, like we know Marcy has a plan. But, like, we're not, like, we're not thinking, like, Marcy's evil or something like that. No, 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 no. It's just more like we don't know, like, she's this third player that, like, is secretly, like, the biggest game changer of them all. Because she's the one who sent them to Amphibia. She's the one who wanted the, the friendship to stay, like, like this forever. In, in um, going to, like, different worlds and stuff and maintaining the status quo of the relationship in Amphibia, right? So like Andreas and the core just kind of ways to prey on the relationship. So when Anne, when Anne gives Andreas the box, it's just kind of the point where the whole friendship fucked up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like him getting the box is an amalgamation of this friendship not working out. And I think a lot of times with a lot of True Colors takes, I noticed that like you have to analyze all three of the girls for this episode. Like, you can't, like, have, like, oh, this is the Anne, like, this is, like, a major beat for Anne's character, or, like, oh, this is a major beat for only Marcy's character. Can't do that. Like, if you want to analyze, like, one of the girls is like, arcs here, you have to analyze Sasha, you have to analyze the other two, right? If you want to get, like, Sasha's motivations in this, you have to get Marcy and Anne, right? If you have to get, like, Anne's motivations, you got to get Sasha and Marcy and her relationship with them. And, like, yeah, it's just, like, this awesome three-way conflict where Andreas gets to just prey on this problem. And then, like, the core does something similar in the finale with Darcy, right? With, like, playing in the, like... I'll, I'll save it when we get there. But, like, yeah, like, Andreas gets to... to just be, like, a representation of, like, the problematic nature of their relationship and just kind of prey off that. So, yeah. And it's a great turning point for the whole show because, like, you know... Andrea's getting the box is a big deal. Like we have a whole season about like dealing with the invasion and like amphibia is getting destroyed and like we're on Earth and then like Marcy and Sasha are like suffering for like half a season. <laughs> you know, like in amphibia, you know what I mean? So it's it's such a two colors is such a game changer. And like this one moment of Anne giving like Andreas the box is like Ah, oh, it's so much, you know? So it's great. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like... Because True Colors, like, this is... Everyone's picked this apart. Like, 
yeah. down to the frame. Like, I kind of want to I mean, talk I've... about the the impact True Colors like... had on the the fandom. The fandom, yeah. The fandom. We can. We can. I was about... gonna mention like. Oh, oh sorry. Go, go ahead. Pat. If if it's related to the show, yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just gonna mention like I don't know like. I I have an antique for this. I just wanted to throw this out there. Ooh. I kind of like how like Anne's growth in this story kind of inadvertently leads to the problems in True Colors, though. You might not think about it. No, like, no, yeah, I, I definitely like, agree. Because, like, a day of the aquarium, like, it's like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, say, I, say it's, I say it's even beyond that. Like, in... Okay, right. So, Anne has learned to, like, develop herself throughout Amphibia and to believe in her own decisions and her own wants, right? She yeah. ignores Sasha's word and then, like, doesn't pay attention to what she's saying and what her warnings to her and not listening to Sasha in this one moment, every other time it was bad, but now this one time, you know, she, when she has to listen to her and does and learns the lesson, uses the lessons from the show and ignores Sasha and believes in herself. But that's a bad thing because it gives Andreas the box. But then like you have this situation like Dave, the aquarium, like, like, like you mentioned where like, and like has recognized Marcy's growth as a person and kind of believes like, oh, like if she leaves with the planters, like Marcy's going to be okay. She's been okay in Utopia so far, right? Everything's going to be fine. Everything's changing. Like everything's good. It's no big deal. Whatever, <laughs> you know, but no, like Anne leaving Marcy inadvertently allows Andrews to manipulate her and like, it's it's rather interesting that Anne learning to let go of Marcy and Anne learning to not listen to Sasha inadvertently screws over like the entire like conflict of this episode. Like her growth inadvertently led to the like to to this moment. And like I don't know, that's so interesting for like a protagonist to me, like to have like their character growth screw them over. <laughs> You know, because, like, I feel like most episodes like this would have, like, like, in the second act, right? Like, like Luke, right? Original trilogy, like, Luke would, like, leave Dagobah before he's, like, finished his entire training and whatnot. So, like, he's not ready to fight Vader, and we know that, and he, like, fights him, and he loses, right? Like, it's set up for him to, to mess up because he didn't decide to learn the lessons he needed to defeat, defeat Vader, right? But here, this is different. Anne has, like, learned to grow as a person and has developed herself, but that development leads to this tragedy. And I don't know, like, for Marcy and Sasha, that's not the case. It's them, like, ignoring their growth throughout this season and, like, ignoring their lessons and, like, trying to not use them that causes them to fail. They're more traditional than Anne. But, like, Anne's own growth screws things up. And that's like a nice transition to her arc in 3A too, because we already talked about the leadership thing. But also, like, again, a lot of 3A's arc is about Anne, like, using her lessons from Amphibia in, like, a trying to relearn her lessons and thinking, like, oh, like, 
and is trying to keep this like fake sense of confidence. And this like comes from like her confidence building in season two, but that causes a problem here. Like, I don't know. It's like, it's interesting that Anne has, has a much more to learn and grow from and has to kind of learn more nuances of her lessons from Amphibia because at this moment, she needed to consider that. She didn't consider like, oh shit, like, okay, wait, maybe Sasha's making a point. Maybe I need to empathize with her a bit and like get what he's talking about right now. Or like with Marcy, she needed to think about, wait, why would like, maybe like Marcy's gonna like, Maybe there's a reason why Marcy's trying to like keep me with her all the time. Maybe I need to consider that more. Okay, like Anne's empathy becomes like a part of her character. Like there's a reason why Anne starts empathizing with Sasha and Marcy because when she didn't do that before, screwed things up. So like I don't know. It's it's just interesting. That's like a that's a fun character beat for Anne. Like looking back at it, and I'm wondering like I don't know. It's it's so unique for a protagonist. It's weird for their their growth to inadvertently screw them over. Like that's, I don't know. That's cool writing to me. I like that. So that's it. Yeah, thank you. Like, I, yeah, it's just a nice, <laughs> like I, I always knew like, and like I always thought about, about it in with like in context with A Day at the Aquarium, but like, Continuing that into true colors, it's like. I think you mentioned earlier that, like, to look at true colors, you have to look at, like, all the girls and how. Andrew's gang control is kind of like a failure of the friendship led to, like, Andrew's being able to, like, take over so easily. Yeah. Yeah, it's, those are great points. Yeah. And, like, I'm trying to not drag it too much. <laughs> But like, yeah, it's just it's just an interesting point too because I think it, it's also important to consider that like, Anne growing as a person makes Marcy think she's doing the right thing too. That's something to keep in mind. Like, like Anne's own sense of confidence and growth from Amphibia and Sasha like, actually being like interested in like, the world of Amphibia drew like her armor and stuff and like her like joining into the fantasy like her is also a big thing too like. Once again, like the character growth of like all the girls in and like can sometimes cause problems. That's cool. Like that's that's cool writing. That's interesting. Yeah. Like when Anne, when <laughs> Anne thinks when Anne thinks like, oh, I got this. I'm, I'm my best self. I'm like the best I'll ever be. Like I'm I'm awesome and amazing. Ha <laughs> ha. And she comes like, psych. Like you got more to go. Like you know, like. I don't know. It's just, it's just neat. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, no, I mean, that's just, yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah. I, I, I'm like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, but I guess I can just add to Marcy or something. Because, yeah, no, it really is interesting. Because, like, I, I, yeah, I remember, like, before you mentioned that, like, yeah, there's more nuance to Marcy than her just wanting things to stay the same no she's like uh no like yeah she's a hundred percent supportive of Anne and sasha growing like like she wants them to grow as people like she's yeah. proud of their growth but like yeah part of her struggle is that like you know this friend group 
maybe this yeah this friend group potentially separating you know that could be a part of the growth of their growth too and that, that that was just something she struggled accepting and i think like also I, i'd even love to mention with Anne, like it's yeah it was always something that i don't think like the show mentioned but just like i always knew no i always thought about it. i was like no, it's just something i always thought about it was just like yeah you know it, it this friend group was doomed to fail when like no, because even Anne was making the mistake of like it's weird. They were accepting Anne as a new person, but they were still not acknowledging what that meant for the actual friendship. Because it 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 just because it's like no, because it's weird. Because like Sasha was like, "Man, I like being a bitch." Okay, but Anne, the Anne was just like, "Okay, uh, but you gotta let me be me." And Sasha was just like. Because it's funny, because Sasha says, like, oh, fine. Like, you know, that happens. Then I, oh, fine. She's like, okay, yeah, we can do that. Like, you know, they're all teary-eyed in the dinner. And then it completely fails in the next episode, literally. Like, it it, it was, un- sure, we, it, there's very small time between that and True Colors, but it just shows, like, yeah, it, th- that whole idea was unsustainable. Like, they were just going to go into another loop of, like, Sasha screwing Anne over, destroying her trust, and then having to win it back. And doing that over and over and over and over again because they had to acknowledge something. Like their friend group was just, I don't want to say fundamentally broken, but it I mean, it, it was. had to change. Oh, like, it, was, it was, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, like, yeah. It, you needed to break, you know, you needed to break it to like rebuild it again. Cause like, yeah. Like, I, I think this is something that like, I'll save this for the parent take. I got, I got a take on on that. But like, I'll, I'll say, I'll, yeah, I got, I got something to say. But like, what I, what I want to, I want to say, like, I think something about the girls as dynamic that gets lost a lot is like, is like, you know, I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll save it for later because I don't think it's a true colors thing. But yeah, like, I think it is interesting though that like Nick, you said that and like. Keep in mind, like when, because it was a little ambiguous of like who 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 established the dinner in the first place. Like, was it Anne? Like, I always assumed it was Anne, right? Like, Anne Anne was like, "Hey, let's have dinner with Sasha," and the plant is like, "I don't know, she's kind of a bitch." Anne's like, "Ah, come on," I'm like, "Okay," but like, no, it was Marcy who actually suggested the idea. I like that. I like that Marcy's a character who likes to speed run stuff, like. She's like, oh, okay, like, I'll be able to speed run, like, <laughs> um, Anne's, like, like speed run, like, my relationship, like, yeah, Marcy's relationship with Wartwood, she tries to, like, speed run her way to it <laughs> by, like, trying to, like, make the town approve her and whatnot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she tries to do it in one episode and tried to do it in one season, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, yeah. and then she does, like, the same thing with the dinner. She's like, oh, okay, we just need a dinner. Bada bing, bada boom. Then, like, Anne and Sasha will stop yelling at each other, and I can have my perfect, beautiful relationship, you know, with them forever and ever. It'll be perfect, right? Right? We just need one episode for this. We're good, right? No. <laughs> We're not. It's not how that works. You know what I mean? So, even that, I, you know, I still think it's a big character beat for Sasha still. You know what I mean? But, like, it... It also needed time for that, like, to to happen. It couldn't just, like, like, Marcy couldn't just, like, all right, let's have a dinner and make up. 
okay, bam, easy. Like, mission complete. Like, <laughs> let's go to the next thing. You know what I mean? So it's, but no, it's, 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 it's interesting for that. Cause I think like, I don't know. I think that's like a showing of Marcy's character, which is interesting because like season two is written around Marcy. If you think about it, like Marcy's viewpoint of Amphibia is like essential to the, to the, the way the season is structured. Like the Zelda temples is like how, like Marcy views Amphibia as like a big game. Right. So the, the Mar the, the temples are like her viewpoint of Amphibia being shown to the audience and to Anne. It's, it's Marcy sharing that idea of it, right? Or like Anne just being a herald that sends them the different quests and stuff and and like things like that, you know what I mean? Or like Sasha like joining into the quest and actually having like armor and like actually get invested into Amphibia's world as much and her trying to get Anne into it too. So the season is kind of written around Marcy's viewpoint. So having that kind of idea that like, like, like <laughs> the dinner was like a, a rush job to like get Anne and Sasha to like stop arguing is kind of interesting considering Marcy's like viewpoint of relationships that like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like there's something more to it than that, but like it's, it's interesting. I think to wrap up with True Colors, like, there's a lot of payoff in True Colors that I think a, a lot more than Reunion. And while yeah. I don't think True, I think True Colors, Reunion is very, like, a very personal, like, the finale feels very personal. And while True Colors does have that. I wouldn't say it's as like intimate as Reunion, which makes sense because of the like the scope of the story. Yeah. Um I'm just trying to like lead into like the like without because we've already gone in depth about like the leak stuff and sort of the Legacy of True Colors going to season three, but I think in regards to season two, like what when we do our three A retrospective, like I I of course like True Colors is gonna be kind of like a discussion point about it, so I I try I don't want to talk too much about it there, but at least True Colors in regards to season two, despite what I talked about like about the temples and like a couple of the Wartwood episodes, I do think True Colors like perfectly kind of like wraps up season two and a lot of like the plot threads that have been like going on throughout the season. Especially like like you guys mentioned all the trio stuff, the gem stuff. Even Frobo, like his inclusion kind of like helped <laughs> eases us into like the big reveal about like the factories like coming up again and, and going to season three kind of like normalizes the inclusion of them into the show. Yeah. Um, then he gets then he gets Goomba stopped by Andrea, so <laughs>
Well, it's more like like crushed and then Goomba stomp. So Goomba stomp there. <laughs> yeah, Hedris was just like trying to Goomba stomp everyone. No, seriously. <laughs> and like I don't we don't we don't need to talk about the stabbing to be honest, because like I feel like that's been discussed to death. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just realized the wording there. Icon iconic moment. But you know this, you know for this definitely got a lot more people to like tune into the show. Um, without a doubt. Um, I try to think. It's like hmm. so many people like got into the show because of True Colors. It's like. But like how like I assume you watched everything before. Yeah, I mean some people, you know. Yeah, I, I, uh... they, they... <laughs> yeah. I mean Yeah. because <laughs> yeah, I will say, man, yeah, True Colors really does have that I think it definitely is the most uh most famous amphibia episode. Like I swear anytime like I've seen oh my anytime I saw like a review of season two, like someone I don't know, someone they would always just like Hype the shit out of True Colors before they even, you know, thirty minutes before they even covered it in their season to review. Like, like it, it is an episode a lot of people are in love with. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it, I think it, I think it definitely deserves that love. Um, like, I don't know. I guess like I, I personally like. I don't know. I don't want to talk about too much about my point, but like, I don't know. Like, I didn't come into the show like expecting two colors you know what i mean i just came in like oh funny this is like a it's like one of those shows you know i said it before like oh the gravity <laughs> falls guys made this oh that's cool let me watch guys. this so like it <laughs> i didn't come into it with two colors in mind and i think that's something to keep in mind is that like i think a lot of people who are coming into amphibia like won't necessarily like come into mind with like like two colors or season three right because there's a lot of moments like i think people would come in for season three too like like i know some people who come into like the show because of like darcy right like they saw her design or their design and they were like oh hold on like who are they what's that about (laughs) then they realize the show's not about them and it's like oh You know what I mean? Like, so, I don't know. It's like, it's, I don't know. I feel like True Colors is like, has a different vibe to it now, if that makes sense. Like, it's still like the most, like the most praised episode in the show. And sometimes like, that also changes the perception of the fandom and expectations of it for the next season. But we'll get to we'll get to that later. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll get to that. And I think there's some reasonable expectations. To be fair, I don't think it's like a dismissal. We'll, we'll debate it when we get to three A. But like, yeah, it definitely like. I guess I. Oh, impact you there. Like I can look past it, like fan art and stuff. Huh? No, so I think you cut out for me for a bit. Oh, for like a oh. Brief second. 
Oh, yeah, I was just saying that, like, I don't really have a reference between, like, besides, like, fan art and stuff. You know what? No, there are differences with, like, fan fiction and stuff. Like, with Andreas, he's, like, a different character. Like, <laughs> depending on, like, what time, like, you read a fic, like, when season two was airing and then season three. But, like, I won't get into that. But, like, yeah, there's, there's like, there really is. But, like, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just, like, you can kind of tell the climate of a fandom when you read, like, when you see fan art and, like, fanfics and stuff, like, when the show was airing. Like, with Marsan, right? Like, Marsan has, like, a ton of, like, oh, this is super happy and awesome. Woo! And then, like, see, like two, two colors. Like, everything after that is, like, no, no, no. <laughs> is that exactly like that? Or at least, like, I don't know. I won't go into a whole thing about it, but it, I do think True Colors is definitely influential in the fandom, especially fan content as a whole. You know what I mean? Like, it changed, like, now we had, like, theories of, like, Anne's arm is gonna get ripped off, and, like, Sasha's gonna lose her eye. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, which is not gonna happen. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Like, it, it changed the vibe of it, I guess. There we go. That's it. Yeah, I just thought, like, with True Colors, you can see that, like, almost, like, every, like, single plot detail that's happening in True Colors has been, like, laid out throughout the entire series, like, so far. Like, every character motivation, every, like, like, every, like, conflict and, like, story element whatever it's like it's all like like true colors is built on all of that and like it feels like with the fandom sometimes it feels like true colors is not like the starting point it is like the final step in like a bunch of like of, of a staircase and it's like you're not gonna be at the top all the time you gotta like climb you gotta like gotta climb to get there and it's like you can't have an episode like true colors all the time without all of that like preparation <laughs> yeah and like maybe and i think like you go then. Oh, maybe it's like easy for amphibia, like not amphibia fans. Sorry, it, it should be. E it might be easy for some people to kind of like think of it that way because they're kind of like because maybe because with amphibia, it's like some people are gonna like appreciate some elements of the story more than others, like or some people are gonna like treat something that happens to show with more importance than, like, someone else. And it's, like... You can't pick and choose which things... Like, you can you can choose which things, like, matter to you more, but, like, in context of the show, it's, like, everything here needs to be a certain way for true colors to happen. And if it's, like... If you're kind of dismissing... some of the, like, important, like, legwork and, like, world-building 
and like the journey to get there, you're kind of like dismissing why True College is so good in the first place. Yeah, I mean, like it's the second act of the of the story. You know what I mean? Like it's that big like turning point for the whole show. Like if you haven't been like, I think something that I noticed across the board is like, I think what can kind of happen to a lot of people because True Colors is thought about as like this magnum opus is like. How do I put this? How do I put this? Like, trying to think about the best way I can say this. I think sometimes, like, it's the. I don't know. I lost my point. Fuck. <laughs> like, I do think. My point was gone. Like, I do think 2B kind of had, like, the luxury of kind of just, like. I, I shouldn't say just, but it was able to kind of like just like throw mysteries at us because it's like the the second act of the story and i think impacts yeah. mentioned this before it's like just the the intrigue alone is like so like exciting and it's just like eventually you need to have some errands like some answers but like in the moment having like all this like shit go down with the temples and even in like the final fight where like Anne's powers activate it's like we don't we still don't know how the gems work or whatever and that's fine but it's just it's just cool to see it's just like, super exciting to see all this like action happen and keep in mind like amphibia does have like action but it's not like like a lot of the action is usually like a character versus like the environment in this case, maybe like, you know, like a monster or something in the woods or whatever. Here it's like, we don't have, at least at this point in the show, we don't have like the characters going up against the antagonists and their like minions very often. And then True Colors happens and it's like, like it's like a battle between like warring parties and stuff. So that's what kind of made, that's what made it so exciting, I think. Like, even throughout the show, like, we don't get a lot of, like, duels, which makes them, like, feel a lot more, like, special when they do happen. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Huh. Like, I mean, like, I was going to save, like, a little bit of, like, because I think the structure of, like, two colors, like, is a big game changer for the whole series. It's also a game changer into like the focus and goal of the series of like of the structure of the show. You know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of the point where like the goal isn't like get Anne home. It's like we gotta get Sasha and Marcy home. We gotta defeat Andreas. We gotta stop the core. We gotta know about the lore of the the alms. Like it is like it's like twenty things going on in season three, you know? So like it. I don't know. It's it's interesting, and I think I think sometimes when trying to get to like, if you're trying to get into the show with just true colors, like, be forewarned that like, it's you're sort of missing the point because like, Amphibia is more about its journey rather than its destination. So 
so much of the fandom is so focused on the destination that like you'll miss the point of the destination if you don't pay attention to the journey like that that is amphibia is like that's a bread and butter thing <laughs> in amphibia in general you know what i mean like there i think like when we get to season three this is where like a fun part of amphibious fandom is like gonna we're gonna see some interesting stuff that comes out of that mindset a bit and like not to like straw man right i don't want to like i don't want to pull like a oh well i don't want to like make an argument for like against season three sound like dumb to like prove my point like no no, no there's like legit points like i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about them when we get there but like it's you have to understand the journey before you get to this destination in true colors if you've chosen to ignore that you're also gonna probably not understand a lot of core beats going on throughout the rest of the show and true colors like marcy getting like stabbed is not like this point where like oh we're gonna have a lot more gore and like whatever in the show like no 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 like it's the death of the fantasy like that's the idea it's like a fictional representation of that concept like Marcy getting stabbed is like not like not justice. None of the girls getting hurt is justice. No one wants 13-year-old kids getting hurt. You know what I mean? But like it's not a point in the show where like, oh man, we're gonna have like Anne and, and Sasha, like this the tone's gonna be completely different. It's gonna be a different show. Like, no, no, no. It's still a turning point. It's just that like it's not the show isn't going to completely like rip itself apart because of this one episode you know what i mean like two colors is like helping out the rest of the show it's not trying to change what the show was fundamentally was it's still going to be a similar show it's just changing it up hopefully that makes sense like yeah that's it no i think that's like an absolutely fantastic point like that's literally how i've always thought about that moment myself personally because it was never really like oh this is a total game changer the show is never gonna be the same again oh this means now um there's gonna be violence one for seven and amphibia now like that was never the case at the moment and just not to spend too long with it it's just to me i don't know because i won't lie i do think yeah, they're always yeah. They're absolutely fair points with season three, but I think like a, something that screwed over a lot of people was just the fact that they were like, with this moment, they're like, oh my god, I can finally take this, I can finally take this fucking show seriously. <laughs> like it, felt, it always felt like that, that's what a lot of people were thinking, but like, yeah, I mean, just yeah, and it's, like, it's like it's like the same thing. If re- oh, so, oh, what were we gonna say? No, 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 keep, Nick, you can keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah, I was just going to say, because, yeah, if you watch season one and then you just broke down how they did it, like, it, it's, it just feels like the same principle here. Like, they built up a meaningful arc that ended up concluding in a big way. Like, that's pretty much, like, it never changed its game, but I think, like, if you were just waiting for it to, quote-unquote, break out of its normal storytelling yeah you were kind of just i don't know you know you you set yourself up for something different but you know that's all i got yeah yeah and i think like the 
the vibe of the fandom can sometimes be like, oh, you just gotta, if you skip season one, then stuff gets good. Like, when you get to season two. That's the exact mindset that the show is trying to tell you not to do. <laughs> like, literally, like, like it's telling you, hey, like, yo, no, 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 these shenanigans are important. If you if you've chosen to ignore the journey before the destination, you're gonna ignore the point of the show. Which is funny because like that's Marcy's whole thing. Like Marcy is a character who sometimes focuses on like the focuses on the lore and like the the lore and the adventure of Amphibia, like like and sometimes not on like stuff like its people and like its on the small things. She's always trying to rush stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've talked about it a bit before, but, like, it's... I don't know. I don't I don't want to, like, critique Marcy too much, because I have a take to give her, to her when we get to Olivia and Yudan. But, like, <laughs> like... No, it's a good one. It's a good one. It's just, like... No, like, no, no don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> like, uh, it's... There's something interesting about Marcy and how she represents the show's audience sometimes. No, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. No. Ah, oh, damn. Yeah, not no, a that's bad me, way. That's been very interesting. It's been very interesting. Not in a bad no, way. Not in a good way. Yeah. It's, just, it's interesting. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Literally, because it's like, my man, like, I still remember we were talking to Matt and he was, and we were discussing. We were like, I don't know, we were talking about, hey, man, like, you know, why do you think Marcy and Sasha were more popular than Anne? And it was like, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, you know, isn't it really ironic that we're having this sort of, like, meta conversation that lines up the show's themes? Like, like, yeah! Really it's very interesting. It's very interesting. It's very because, interesting. Like, in, because Amphibia as a show always, like, was contradicting a, like, a lot of, like, traditional, like, like, like cartoon, like what's that cartoon? But like a lot of like traditional fantasy tropes, right? Usually, like like Marcy's like your classic isekai protagonist, right? You know what I mean? And it would sort of question like her own escapism and stuff. So like like I don't know. It's like Marcy being a character who sometimes only focuses on like the plot stuff of amphibia and like lore stuff and sometimes doesn't inadvertently think about the people and the relationship she can make there and is sort of focused on like 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 what's the word like not focusing on that journey she's focused on the destination the character is ultimately missing key parts of Amphibia's narrative. Like, but like at the same time, Marcy is also the most popular character in the fan. Oh man, I I want to save that. <laughs> I need I need to think about that more because I don't want to draw a Marcy take that I regret in like five. Minutes. Like, <laughs> I do think I'm, I'm trying to wrap this up, but like, I know how Nick mentioned that like. Like some people thinking like waiting for the show to kind of like break out of like stand like the standard storytelling i think but like i felt like kind of like yep. 1b like 2b yep. was kind of the 
I don't want, I'm not gonna, I don't want to call it generic at all. Like, I don't mean it in a, like a bad way. It's just like, <laughs> it just felt like the most like, point A to point B, like, of the series. Because like, at, like at least with like, 2B, like, two, at least with the start of season two, it's like, they're figuring out how to get to Utopia. It's like getting there, learning about it. Here, it's just like one place after another. We're here, now we're there. And then we just gotta, you know, get these gems checked off our list to get them recharged. And now we're back in Utopia. And now we're on Earth. It's like, it's it's still great. It just it's just interesting to think about how like more like more like linear to be has been. Even though a lot of the elements of the show, like of Two B, are kind, of, in retrospect, weren't look. We're looking at back at it with like a more like not negative, but more like oh, like the temples were kind of like a fail safe. Marcy, it's hard to like we're looking back at Marcy how she was like planning. She knew about all this stuff. It's like. Yeah, it's like it's a very straightforward part of the show. It just and the huh. show's telling us the show's telling us like oh like well in retrospect like we find out all the stuff is like stuff that some it's like a deconstruction, but it's like everyone wants like not everyone I mean, a lot of people in the fandom want this. Yeah, kind of inadvertently want, like, because Marcy is trying, like, what Marcy's want of the show, but, like, Marcy's want of the show inadvertently contradicts most of the series, so it doesn't, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's very funny that, like, 2B is, like, the most standard part of the show yet is the most praised part of it. Like, but then, like, <laughs> the whole thing. The whole and, thing. And I think with that, we can wrap up this three hour and 45 minute recording. <laughs> oh God my damn, God. Damn, damn. What? How? Say, How? say goodbye, everyone. <laughs> See ya. Peace, everybody. See ya. Ciao.